With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream once again on a fabulous college football Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We've already had a number of big games that have wrapped up on the college football scene. And we got a lot of games going on right now. Jeff um, apparently Oklahoma not happy with the NEI game against Baylor. Uh, and as, as we just heard from David Gascon, I mean, there's tiebreaker rules and everything else. Every point counts, but all the suspicions about Oklahoma being exposed when they actually would play a team of substance were on full display today as they got walloped by Baylor 27 to 14. I have a firm rule on taunting and, and kind of, uh, running up the score. Stop him. Like, Oklahoma, you didn't stop him, man. It, it was a legal play. It was allowed to happen. You guys, you were losing by 10 with three seconds left. Like, what does it matter? Now you lost by 13. Oh, well. Like, that's not – if you're salty for that, then you're doing things wrong because that's not the reason you you should be salty. Um, yeah, look, the, the playoff committee uh, has been uh, – not mocked, but kind of there's some anger their direction for some of the rankings. And they had Oklahoma eight. And even after a bye, they refused to move, move Oklahoma off their spot. And they were given a little bit of um, 
of uh, of Attaboy today because this is why we had talked about Oklahoma offensively just kind of not being what they have been in the past. They had to switch quarterbacks again today, and they lost. And now Oklahoma's out of the running. Maybe Oklahoma State takes their spot in the Big Twelve. I do not know. They still have to play each other. Oklahoma State does have a loss to Iowa State, but now Oklahoma is eliminated. It's one, it's one more team that's been eliminated to clear the path for Cincinnati. Well, and you mentioned Cincinnati, and of course they played on Friday night against South Florida, came away with yet another victory. They're sitting at 10-0. and Now, this is coming again from Jeff Schwartz, whose Oregon Ducks are comfortably in the playoff right now. Uh, they, I mean, you've got to be happy for this. I'm not saying that it's a, a clean slate the rest of the way, but I don't see any overwhelming opponents left on the Ducks' schedule. I mean, you guys went out. Obviously, Oregon is going to yeah. find themselves in this college football playoff. Uh, do you see yeah. any resistance coming up on their Pac-12 schedule? Any? Well, I'm terrified of the game tonight. Oh, it's I, Washington I, State. I mean, you're unbelievable. It's, it's Why are you after... you're terrified against Washington let, State let me, at home? Let me explain myself. All right. It is... Packed after dark. It's the, it's, the, it's the third team in the country that's playing the latest game of the day. Twelve thirty, excuse me, ten thirty p.m. Eastern. It's sandwiched between at Washington and going to Utah next weekend. Washington State has covered, I think, seven in a row against Oregon, and um, we have covered one out of our last ten home games as favorites. That, that just we're going to win the game, but it's not going to be as easy as people think. And then next week we go to Utah, and right now Utah is actually struggling against Arizona, but we will not be favorites in that game. However, I think we I think we beat Utah. Uh, I, I am I, I I think people are talking about that game. They're not informed. We have to play Utah again two weeks later in the Pac-12 championship game. So um, no, we should. It, look, it, it's very simple, Steve. If we want to be a playoff team, we will beat Utah twice, and we'll handle business at home against Washington State and Oregon State. That's simple. If we want, if we want to do it, that's our path. It's right there in front of us. Get it done. The, the issue, of course, is our quarterback. At times, I just don't trust him, and so I don't really know each week what we're getting from our quarterback. It's hard to be confident each week when I, don't, I just don't know what I'm getting from from thirteen. I, I, sometimes I, I, you remember, I praised the college football playoff ranking committee for having Oregon in front of Ohio State because yes. Oregon beat Ohio State. And then this week, the rankings come out, and they have Michigan State behind Michigan. They have the same record, 8-1. and one. I'm sorry, didn't Michigan State beat Michigan yeah. two weeks ago? It wasn't like it was week one or week two. Just two weeks ago, Michigan State beat Michigan. They lose their game to Purdue, both teams sitting at 8-1, and one, and they have Michigan ranked ahead against Michigan State. So I, I, yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I, I praise them for having Oregon over Ohio <laughs> State. And then, then the, I'm just saying, I'm like, this was two weeks ago. Michigan State beat yeah. them. It's got to count for something, which once again just raises all the questions about where we're going with these college football rankings. Why do we even have a committee? Why can't we create yeah. a playoff where your spot in the playoffs is actually earned yeah. on the field? Well, we're moving to that in that direction. But here's you know, here's always you know the 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 concern you have is um, is it best team? Is it best win? Best you know, uh, not not best loss, but like you know how do you how do you, you know, I I think like I think that Michigan's better than Michigan State, but but Michigan State won that game. Yeah. So you have to give them the love for winning the game on the field. If Oregon Oregon State played right now, to me Oregon Ohio State played right now, Ohio State be favored by probably two touchdowns again, right? I mean, it's just, it's just what they would be favored by. I would like my Ducks in that game still, 
But Oregon won that game, and so they deserve to be ahead of Ohio State for now. Now, if Ohio State, they, they're, in, they're in a shootout with Purdue early on, I think it's, it's a 14-7 now. Uh, I think it's 14-7 Ohio State. They have Purdue, they have Michigan State, and Michigan. So if they run the table and then they beat Wisconsin, let's say, in the Big 12 title game, okay, maybe I'll talk about them passing Oregon at some point. I, I can have a fair discussion about that as much of an Oregon fan I am. But right now, they're ahead. They, they're behind Oregon because those two played. Michigan should be behind Michigan State. Now, if you want to move them, if that was flipped, right? Michigan State was six, Michigan was seven. And after today, after Michigan wins, you want to move them up? Oh, okay. I, okay, they won on the road. They beat Penn State. It was an ugly game. Um, Penn State did a lot of things to lose that game. Fine, but you're right, team. The, the rankings came out nine days after Michigan State beat Michigan, and they still didn't get the respect from the committee to just be ahead of Michigan. And here's the thing. This is all going to sort itself out because guess what? Alabama and Georgia are most likely playing each other in the SEC title game. Oregon, as, as we mentioned, has at Utah, then probably Utah again. Ohio State, I just mentioned, has Michigan State and Michigan coming up. And they have a, a tough Purdue squad. Michigan plays Ohio State still, right? So Oklahoma already lost today. So all this stuff gets settled out on the field. So at least pretend that the matchups matter when they play each other on the field. All right, so as far as games going on right now, Okay, I know it's really early, but number one, Georgia is tied with Tennessee, seven all. That game, of course, in Knoxville. Steve, and- before before you continue, very quickly, yeah, I'll talk about this game because Georgia hasn't had a clunker all season. It's very odd and comfortable, and I have one clunker. They're on the road. This feels like they're clunker, but this is the first time all year they're facing an offense like Tennessee's. Tennessee's is number one in the country in adjusted pace. They go very fast, and Josh Heupel did it at UCF. The issue with this offense, if you go fast and don't get first downs, then the defense gets too tired and Georgia will run you over. But so far, Tennessee's getting first downs. So this will be fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be a – Tennessee's getting 21 points. They probably cover this game. I like them to cover this game. But this is – I'm just telling you, like, Tennessee's pre- prevents matchups for Georgia they haven't had to deal with. They spread the field very far out. They go, they go sideline to sideline here. This will be a fun game to watch tonight, I think. Yeah, Hooker, their quarterback, is uh, off to a pretty good start. He can run. He can pass. He can do both things multifaceted there. Uh, as you mentioned, Ohio State leading Purdue early 14-7. Uh, once again, we're on the air with Iowa Sam watching his Hawkeyes, who not that long ago were the number two ranked team in the country. They're now the number 20 ranked team in the college football rankings. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, you remember them. Um, uh, yes. So they they have an early 3 nothing lead against Minnesota. And Texas San Antonio, uh, one of the four undefeated teams to start today. Oklahoma's gone. So now we're down to Georgia, Cincinnati, and UTSA, Conference USA, and they're taking on Southern Miss. No score there. And we're keeping our eye on Michigan State uh, hosting Maryland, leading by a score of 7 to nothing. Um, you know, as I uh, will reveal my Heisman update coming up later on the show, I want to preface this by saying I'm not crazy about anybody right now in the Heisman chase. Yeah, good, I'll be good, honest with you. It's. It's good, it's sort of like I, I just I'm just throwing names out there right now. I'm not I'm not committed to anybody on this list. Uh, I, there are games to be had, and I, as I said, when we get to the finish line here, and it's coming up. I mean, we're four weeks away from the conference championship games and the final vote that I'm going to have for my Heisman Trophy. Something needs to happen here. Uh, I need one of these guys or somebody that's not going to be on the list later on this morning, today, this afternoon, depending on where you're listening 
somebody's got to come up with a game. I mean, Kenneth Walker had that game against Michigan, and then and he had a good game against Purdue, but they lost that game. So I just just when you thought, all right, there's the game. That's it, right there. One ninety-seven, five touchdowns, boom. Uh, I'm still waiting for some of these other candidates, but it has been that year in college football, and maybe the table is set for Cincinnati. Maybe this is going to happen where if we get to the finish line and it's Cincinnati and Georgia, or if Georgia gets knocked off by Alabama and it's just Cincinnati, with all due respect to UTSA, I don't know how you could deny them. I I really don't. Cincinnati? I'm talking about Cincinnati. I don't know if they're the last undefeated team standing with a road victory against Notre Dame. Imagine Notre Dame only loses one game this year. Like, that's their only loss. I don't know how you can deny Cincinnati a spot in that playoff. So the way I I think they're going to do Cincinnati is – they're going to they're going to wait to the final week to put them into into the, the the playoff because if you put him if you put them I should say in now right let's say three or four and things happen you know Oregon wins out Ohio State wins out mm-hmm. Oklahoma's obviously gone now Alabama beats Georgia those four are probably going in instead of instead of Cincinnati and then you have to move them out of the top four when Cincinnati hasn't lost. Remember they kind did of, that kind of that one year to TCU? TCU. Yeah. Remember that? It, it's, a, it's a really bad look. And so this is a way to avoid that, right? You keep them at five. And look, I, I people talk about strength of schedule. I do think it's important to mention that because Cincinnati's schedule, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. No. But entering this game, they had the 101st ranked strength of schedule. And then they have UCF, who was atrocious. Now, they play SMU next week. SMU's good. And then they play East Carolina. Like, it's just a it, – it's different playing Power 5 conference teams each week. So that's why I think the committee is going to defer. Because I also think that the, the, the last team – last year's team was better than this year's team. But I, I do feel like, Steve, to your point, that if they – if if Oregon, well, obviously Oregon loses, they're in. If Ohio State loses, they're in. Like they're the net. The, no, but I, I understand that. And yeah. but then the question would be, uh, and we're going to be joined by Jenny Taft on the other side here. She was on the sideline for that Oklahoma Baylor game. Um, if it comes down to Georgia and Alabama, look, look at Oregon wins out, Ohio State wins out. Obviously, they're going to be ahead of Cincinnati and the winner of the SEC championship game as well. But if Alabama loses a close game. Like Bryce Young has a big day, it's a shootout game, and Georgia wins at the last second, and Alabama gets that second loss. Will they still retain their spot in the playoff? We'll have more on that coming up later on uh, in the show. But on the other side, she was there on the sideline. Baylor's big victory against previously undefeated Oklahoma. Jenny Taft will join us coming up next. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast this is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Baylor ends Oklahoma's unbeaten season. The Bears snap the Sooners' winning streak at 17. Baylor wins in Big 12 play over Oklahoma. 27-14, the final score. How's John Morris from Learfield? Wasn't even that close. Baylor dominating today against the previously undefeated Oklahoma Sooners, 27-14. Joining us right now, she does this every single week. She has to go out of her way. You understand that, Jeff? I mean, yes. she's got a million people to answer to, and she says, look, i got to hang out with the guys after the game. <laughs> Host of Undisputed, Fox College football sideline reporter, our dear friend Jenny Taff, joins us once again. Well, Jenny, first of all, as always, we appreciate you taking time out for us. Of course. Uh, this game really wasn't that close. I mean, Baylor <laughs> ran for almost 300 yards against Oklahoma. They had more rushing yards than total yards for Oklahoma. Were you surprised at how easily Baylor won this game? Oh, 100% surprised. I mean, championship November is a real thing that Oklahoma takes seriously. I mean, the fact that Lincoln Riley had never lost in the month of November is saying something about about his team, and it was no doubt not a good showing for Lincoln for his offense today. Of course, Caleb Williams never seemed to find a rhythm. The offense did not at all. I think his final numbers were 10 for 19 for 146 yards, two interceptions. They, of course, threw in Spencer Rattler again at one point. And, you know, it was weird. He did have a bit of an injury. His hand, his throwing hand was 
stepped on at one point, clearly causing him some discomfort, but seemed to be have moved past it, although it just was very clear that they were discombobulated throughout the day on offense. And, you know, I think going into this thing, yeah, you wouldn't be you would be surprised by the outcome. But when we chatted with Coach Aranda yesterday, I mean, you have to remember that he's had some really great performances against Lincoln in the past. You could say that he's somewhat figured out how to go up against him. I mean, his his LSU defense in 2019 uh, had a lot of success as well against Lincoln. They kept it close last year in 2020. So he has a recipe for getting in Lincoln Riley's head figuring out that offense, but no doubt it's a surprise whenever we see the Sooners perform that way. And, you know, they had had an undefeated season up to this point. There was plenty of talk about the fact that they had been disrespected by the playoff, but this their first loss against a ranked opponent. Yeah, it hurts for the Sooners. And then you add in how weird the ending was. And uh, I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to be very happy about this one for a couple days now. We'll talk about the ending in a second because I want to ask you about that. But offensively, <laughs> I, I mean, look, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? I mean, if you have to keep rotating guys, obviously something is, is not going well. What is what is wrong with the offense? Everyone's going to be asking all week, like, what is what has happened? Because even though they've struggled before, it's simply on defense. Defense seems to be playing well this year, but offensively, they are a shell of themselves. I honestly, it's the million dollar question because I think Caleb Williams was, was the answer. I mean, everyone was so high on him. He comes in and he was the difference maker against Texas. You know, they call him Superman. They call him Houdini, the guy who figures it out. And he did not have it today. And, and they're going to have to look back at the film and figure out what exactly was going on because I, I couldn't figure it out from the sideline. And there were so many teaching moments where Lincoln was over there talking to him, talking to the receivers, and it just, it just wasn't clicking. So, yes, of course, you know, it's, you feel lucky when you're thinking to yourself, oh, we've got Spencer Rattler as our backup. He was at one time a Heisman favorite heading into the season. But, no, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's a good way to, to look at it. And, you know, Spencer comes in, and he was not much better. I imagine they will stick with Caleb. We're going to be actually in Norman next week as well for that one. And that's that's a huge rebound. But this is a player that they have been high on. I mean, he was in the Heisman conversation. He, he has still not done any media interviews. So I haven't even spoken with Caleb. And, I think we saw that freshman moment today and the fact that there are still going to be those learning moments for their for any kind of Sooner QB, but they did not have the answer today. And when you look at the defense, they actually did have a pretty good performance. So for them to not have that on the other side of the ball, yeah, they're going to be frustrated. And even like their kicker, Burkett, she's, he's traditionally so good and he didn't have a day. So like there were moments where the Sooners just were not themselves and they were exposed in Waco and, Boy, I'm not going to lie, wasn't expecting that one. Well, I can tell you this. As a Heisman voter myself, Jenny, there's not going to be an Oklahoma quarterback on my final ballot. All right. They're, they're all gone. Um, all right. Let's talk. It. All right. So let's talk about the chaos at the end of the game. So Baylor's got a 10 point lead, essentially just ready to take a knee. Instead, they run out the field goal team and tack on an extra three. Followed, of course, by the fans rushing the field, flooding the field. By the way, I don't know where you were in the midst of that melee. Uh, describe the scene and any reaction you got from what happened at the end of the game. Well, the scene was a little bit mayhem. We had we had chatted with Baylor ahead of this, especially when it was getting towards it looking looking like an upset. I mean, even their athletic director, Mac Rhodes, he said before the game, I used it in my opening report, if we storm the field, I don't care. I don't care about penalties. If we upset the Sooners, I'll be right there with them. And so we knew going in that that was a possibility. 
granted, that's pretty embarrassing to have a premature storming of the field where we're, we're getting the fans back off. I mean, Lincoln's angry, rightfully so. I, I saw some quotes from his press conference that made a lot of sense. I mean, he was frustrated that Baylor didn't get a 15-yard penalty for the rushing, and he he acknowledged that he understood Aranda's decision, but he wouldn't have done it because of a code of sportsmanship. And there's plenty you can take out of that quote, right? I mean, he was livid on the field. He had sent a lot of his guys off initially. Then they have to come back. I mean, it's just an odd ending. And I, of course, did ask Coach Aranda after why. And he said it it was for the tiebreaker if it's a three-way tie for the Big 12 championship. Like, I understand that part of it, but... Did he have to do it that way? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's, that may be talked about for a while now. And, you know, it depends who you're rooting for, how you feel about the way that one ended. But uh, that is a first for me, a premature storming of the field. Can't say I've been a part of those very often <laughs> in my career. I feel like you make your own sportsmanship when you win or lose, right? Like if that had been opposite, I don't think you would have minded it so much. Last, last for me, uh, do you think the community feels a little vindicated today, right? They had Oklahoma eight, took some flack for that. They had Michigan six over Michigan State. Michigan went into Happy Valley and beat Penn State. Ugly game, but none, none, you know, nonetheless, they, they won. Is there some, 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 um, some happiness, uh, from the committee that it feels like they, they kind of got this right? Well, boy, I mean, I think Michigan getting that win is a good sign for, for us, too. I mean, it's just going to make it more exciting when they face Ohio State. But, you know, I think that I'm happy they got the win. It's always hard for me to follow those games while I'm covering a game myself. I tend to go back and watch as much as I can. But, you know, they've had their moments throughout the season as well. And I think it's still there's still so much time left in November. So I, these playoff conversations, while of course important and what we're doing, I always feel like it comes out a bit too early and there's still so much more action, uh, so many more games to be played. And can can you just get, let's just think about the fact that if Michigan keeps winning in this sense, and yes, they had the loss to Michigan State, which we were a part of, but Ohio State in Ann Arbor Thanksgiving weekend, there are a lot of games I look forward to, and we know that one's always circled on my calendar, but it's getting more and more interesting uh, if they keep winning and having success. All right, Jenny, since uh, college football junkies live vicariously through you because you live the dream, going from stadium to stadium, get to see all these great <laughs> college football games, where are you going to be next week? So I will be in Norman, and I don't know if that's going to be a very happy uh, Sooner Nation <laughs> next week. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm pretty spoiled considering the amount of games that I've had that have been not only close but upset wins. I mean, I've had two storming of the field situations. The other one was Iowa-Penn State earlier this season. Maybe that one a little bit odd for, for Iowa <laughs> to be storming uh, in that scenario. But I've had some amazing games, and I am very, very curious how the Sooners respond. I'm curious how Lincoln will feel about the way this one ended. And, and just overall, I mean, this is a team that was undefeated. and It's just going to be an interesting response. And they have to play, obviously, Iowa State. And then Oklahoma State, for them, is a huge matchup. I mean, this thing is far from over the Big 12. And uh, we will be all over it in, in Norman next week. Yes, Iowa Sam was very excited to hear about the Cyclones. Uh, Jenny's going to see them in Norman, you oh, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you're That'll looking be a good forward game. to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jenny, we always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. You guys are making my drive from Waco to Dallas even a little <laughs> bit more exciting right now. So thank you. <laughs> All right, there she is, Jenny Tapp, host of Undisputed, the Fox College football sideline reporter. All right, on the other side, I will update you on where I stand in the Heisman chase. But right now... 
Let's find out what's trending, and look who is here, Mr. David Gascon. Steve, I was thinking about you last night. You were? Yeah, it was It was kind of random, I'm not going to lie. And uh, <laughs> I don't want you to jump the gun on this, yeah. but uh, I was in your old neck of the woods in Westwood last night. And you were? I was. I you were? Was. Were you hanging out for that incredible basketball game last night, oddly, UCLA and Villanova? Uh, sure. Oddly enough, I was there for the appetizer. I... Um, I have never done this before in my life. Uh-huh. As a as a sports commentator, I elected to go to support a team I had called all season long, but not as a commentator, just as a, a fan in the stands or a media member. So I was field level for the beginning of the NCAA women's soccer tournament. Wow. And UCLA was 20, I think there were 29, 1, and 6 the last two years, mm-hmm. riding a 26-game winning streak. Right. Or, or and, un- unbeaten streak. And how did it go? And they took on UC Irvine. Right. The Anteaters. Anteaters scored in the 14th minute. And won the game one to nothing. Oh no! Kicked Let, UCLA out on, of on, the NCAA hold tournament. Hold on, Jeez, you are never. Title. Yeah, yeah. You, you are never, ever, ever <laughs> a lot in Westwood again. You understand that? I, I will make sure <laughs> that you will never step foot wow. in Westwood again. Yeah, it was ever. man. Ever. Ever. The Bruins just swept like the three best teams in the yeah. Pac-12 to win the Pac-12. Yes. And then, and then Gascon showed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I think you're, you're done. Go to the basketball game. You're <laughs> finished. <laughs> done. No, I, I, uh, I will, after the match was over, I, I did reluctantly go down the street off of Gale, and uh, or Gailey, and yes. uh, I proceed to go to In-N-Out. So I had to cap off my night of being in Westwood with a, a double-double and fries. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it because it'll be the last double-double <laughs> you will ever enjoy in Westwood. Hey, man, that was a great scene, though, between UCLA and Villanova. Uh, I mean, I don't know why the game started at 8.30 Pacific. Was, I'm glad it did. I, I, in fact, later on, I'll give you a little background on that. But, oh. man, what Jeff, a game you, that was. Jeff, did you stay up for that? No, I did not no. stay up for that. I mean, I, I, got like Oregon, I got Oregon late tonight. I'll stay up for a little bit of that. But that my game dad tipped was off at 11.30 his time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, it's November. I'm not yeah. saying I'm late to watch right, a college right, basketball yeah. game I, yet. I know. It's just, you know, maybe a little taste if, or, yeah. if you had any wagers it on it. It was good. I did have UCLA, but I did not I did not step to watch Like your parents weren't calling you Throughout the night, Jeff, they're like, "Are you watching this?" No, like, my dad yeah. did not text me during the game. Yeah, okay. Down, yeah. up, down, tied, and then overtime. So, yeah. So, Steve, it was a, a random night of first, though. Yeah, um, very random, and it'll never happen again, <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, speaking of which, uh, you guys are obviously talking to Jenny about that. So, Baylor with the upset today, beating Oklahoma at home, it took care of business uh, in Waco, twenty-seven to fourteen. Caleb Williams was ten to nineteen for one forty-six, no touchdowns. And two picks. Utah today, 24-20 over Arizona. Arizona, Utah right now trying to get to 7-3 on the season. And as far as the top-ranked team in the nation, Georgia, they're trailing at Tennessee. 10-7 is the score. Hendon Hooker is 12-15 for 98 yards and a touchdown pass. Ohio State by 14 over Purdue. Iowa 10, Minnesota 3. Uh, and guys, of course, later on today, you'll get a handful of other games as well. But, Steve, you have... Um, 
You have one of those rare Heisman Trophy votes. Yes, I do. I, I rarely publicize yes, it, but yes. I found out through sources that you have one. Yeah. And uh, I'm keeping an eye on, on one guy that you have in mind, and mm. Kenneth Walker third. Five carries, 28 yards. Yeah. Sparty, 13-0 over Maryland. This ball game is halfway through the first quarter. All right. Well, very good. Well, you won't have to wait long to find out where Kenneth Walker, if he stands in my current top three, because indeed it is that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5 touchdown. Heisman Update. So each week I update you on where I stand through the previous week's games. So it doesn't account anything that's happened today so far. This is through last week's games. Here is my current number three. Offset eye formation with Mitch Rossi and Travion Henderson. And Stroud, the quarterback, gets the snap in the middle of it. Rolls to the left. Stroud throws into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown. As that's hauled in by Olave, working the left corner of the end zone. Chris Olave. Paul Keels from Learfield. First time he's appeared in my top three, that would be the freshman. QB of Ohio State putting up the numbers. Top five in the country right now. 25 touchdowns, five picks. Just the one loss of that powerful Oregon team, C.J. Stroud, is my current number three. Here is my number two. In motion, Jaden Reed, right to left. Hand off to Kenneth, runs to his right. He's got daylight inside the five, into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. All right, so his Michigan State Wolverines, by the way, that Spartans radio network, did lose to Purdue, but it wasn't his fault. Almost 150 yards on the ground, still leads the nation in rushing. Kenneth Walker, the third Michigan State running back, is my number two choice. Here is my number one. Bryce backpedals, has time, loads up, looks long. Jamison Williams got it behind the defense. He is gone. That, of course, Eli Gold from Learfield, 28 touchdowns, just three picks, and that doesn't count the five touchdowns he threw today. Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama, is my number one. But, you know, I obviously want to get your thoughts on all this, Jeff, but, I mean, as I sit here now, these are the popular names. I check out a lot of people's list out there, see where they stand. I hate to be someone that follows everyone else. There's pluses and minus. All I can say is Stroud, Walker, Young, they're in the conversation. Am I married to any one of these guys right now? No, I'm not. A lot's going to depend on what happens over the next four weeks. So um, the C.J. Stroud one was interesting. I I feel a lot like this is with Mac Jones and and Devontae Smith last year where the, the Ohio State wide receivers are just so wide open. At times, that yep. is is it a is it a wide receiver thing or a quarterback, right? Like who deserves the credit for now? They, they, they don't have a Devonte Smith making plays. Like Olave is not making plays like him. So I, I understand why you wouldn't give it to, to Olave, but there's just a lot of open guys in in that offense. So I do. I'm curious about that with him. Um, and by the of, way, already yeah. today they're up 28-7. Yeah, they're, they're uh, blowing Purdue. out Purdue right I'm now. Not surprised. And he's that. 13 of 16, 155 yeah. yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Like I said, I, I throw these names out every week, um, but I, I always appreciate your input here, Jeff, because obviously you play the game. I just yeah. watch the game. Uh, you know, Kenny, and what's really who should be getting yeah. credit when we talk about what the award is about—the best. College yeah. football player of that season. 
So Kenneth Walker is an interesting one. He obviously has a lot of, you know, he has the uh, a Penn State game and Ohio State game to really kind of prove. Mm-hmm. I think he he should get that award. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's pretty interesting at Pitt. It's just no one is paying attention to the ACC because they're not any good. So there's just a lot of attention in that direction. He played pretty well against against North Carolina, even though their defense is really bad. So I don't I don't really know. I mean, look, obviously the last three weeks of the year, there's going to be plenty of time. Um, there's going to be plenty of time to, to sort this thing out. And you've said, right, the bigger games are coming up for all these opponents. How well do you play in those big games? I think to me, it feels like Kenneth Walker has the best opportunity, most likely because of how they run their offense and who they play to really, to really win this award. By the way, you mentioned ACC quarterbacks going into this week. Um, Kenny Pickett, obviously at Pitt, Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, right there in the conversation. Yeah. But they were second and third in the ACC among quarterbacks. In fact, this guy actually had more touchdown passes than either Pickett or Hartman. That's Tanner Morikai of SMU. SMU. Does that ring a bell? SMU. Tanner Mordecai, is he a Jew? Mordecai? I have no idea. I have no idea. But um, he had 34 touchdowns going into yeah, this well, week. Look, he gets Cincinnati next week, so we'll, yeah. we'll see more of him. It's just, dude, I'm, you know, I vote for this this offensive line award, right? The, the yeah. Joe Moore Award, which I, I love being a part of this group, and it's a lot of fun to give to the best offensive line in the country. Uh, I was talking with some of our guys today, and I mean, there's not even a favorite. Like right now, most years, like Alabama last year, we knew they yeah. were going to win, right? Yeah. A couple years ago, it was Oregon or LSU. Mm-hmm. A year before that, it was I don't know Notre Dame. I think it was. You know, it's just like it's very. It's like okay, this team just just don't screw it up and they win. This year, there's not. I thought 18 today. There's not a single like one who are like you know what they get this award this year. Like we just know it. It's the same with the Heisman, man. It is wide open. It is wide open. And three weeks might not be enough to determine who wins these awards. I mean, you, got, you have to vote for someone, obviously. I told you, the second year I voted <laughs> in 20 year, uh, 2011, that was the year RG3 won the Heisman. And I, I've always done this. Ever since I got a Heisman vote, doing this, you know, top three every week leading up to the final week. I told you, that week, going into the final weekend, which is the conference championship game weekend, the three guys I had on my list the week before – not one of them ended up on my final yeah. ballot. That last weekend flipped all three spots on my ballot. And it could happen again. You you simply do not know. Uh, by the way, I was w- very happy to see, I don't know if you saw this, uh, ESPN.com did a huge story about Matt Ariza, the San Diego yes. State punter, who oh, I had in the top it. three of my uh, Heisman a few weeks back. He's still leading the nation, averaging 52 yards a punt. They have a big game tonight against Nevada. Uh, the winner of that game will control their destiny to get to the Mountain West Conference yeah. Championship game. That's a really good matchup there. We had a, we had on the writer on my show yesterday, Paul Ugatti, and um, we talked about uh, talked about him possibly being a Heisman contender. It was a lot of fun. We, we had him on to talk Pac-12, but we, we brought up the punter story. Right. Um, yeah, I mean he is he's moving the ball. There's been one there's been one punter ever drafted in the first round. It's Ray Guy, and he's a Hall of Famer. So I mean, it, it, you know that. And, and the legendary the story that I heard. Of course, I wasn't working for the Raiders then, but you know, a decade later, when and by the way, when I worked for the Raiders, Ray Guy was still on the Raiders. Uh, he was always an interesting character. I always said this about the Ray. The 
only time he didn't have a cigarette in his hand was when he was on the field. He was an insane athlete. I mean, he was drafted as a pitcher out of high school. He he could actually our other our quarterbacks were Jim Plunkett and Mark Wilson. He could throw the ball further than either one of those guys. He was just an insane athlete. But the story went um, the game the season before the Raiders season ended on the immaculate reception. So that loss to Pittsburgh is how they enter their season. So they're going into the draft, and obviously Mr. Davis is making the pick. John Madden is the coach of the team. And when John Madden is sitting there and Al Davis says, all right, with our first pick, we're going to take Ray Guy, who, by the way, did play safety at Southern Miss along with being the punter, but it was clear they are drafting him as a punter. Uh, John Madden literally stormed out of the room. He was so, we took a effing putter in the first round. Are you nuts? Uh, he wasn't saying that the following year when he realized, wow, he's averaging yeah. 10 more yards a punt than our guy that we had the previous season. Ray helped him win three Super Bowls and got to the Hall of Fame. So punters matter. They really do. They matter because they can flip a field. And field position, as you know, Jeff, is everything in football. No so question. the question is, do you do you draft him in the first round? Well, he's also a place kicker. Now, you don't have combo guys. He would be a punter in the NFL. A first round, again. You actually do, would, you have some combo guys, but not not okay, not full time. No. Not full. We haven't had a full-time combo guy. I mean, there's been guys that have done oh, both you in, mean, in emergency. You mean punter? I, I'm talk, I'm sorry, I am I'm place kicker. Because he yeah. is also San Diego State's place there, there are guys that have done that, like, so, like, uh, Sam Martin on the Lions was a punter and their kickoff guy. Yeah, like, kickoff like is a different thing. And yeah. by the way, Matt Ariza is one of the leaders in the nation in touchbacks on his kickoff. So, I mean, he's got a huge leg, obviously. I- um, I love it. I love that we're here spending seven minutes on kickers. Well, I mean, the today. thing about it is, here's what I would do. Obviously, if you got a top 25 pick in the first round, no. But if you're at the bottom of the first round, you know, and you just really need a punter to go with a pretty good offense and pretty good defense, yeah, why not? Just an added layer and uh, helping you uh, get what you want. All right, we got a lot going on in college football today, but we got to get to some NFL stories and a big story coming from the Los Angeles Rams. Quite a twist to a major story that happened this week. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Got to get to the six. Hooker throws it. They are going to get more than six. They'll get a six-point touchdown, Tennessee. That is Bob Kessling from Learfield. And that's CBS TV? All right. Interesting. Either way, Tennessee is tied right now with Georgia. Yeah, I just threw a bad pick, though. Georgia has the ball now. Eight minutes left in the second quarter, almost nine minutes, and ball's at Tennessee 40. So 40 yards for Georgia to take uh, control of this game. You, you just can't Offensively, like Georgia that. looks like they do normally. They're very yeah, they're, ordinary just, just, offensively. Just okay. Yeah. Um, so right now, just inside nine minutes to go there in the first half, Georgia and Tennessee are tied at 10. All right, uh, let's get to this Odell Beckham Jr. story along with Robert Woods and how this all played out for the Rams this week. Uh, it was interesting because people apparently ignored the photo that Odell Beckham Jr. took last week with Vaughn Miller after Vaughn Miller was dealt to the Rams uh, because it was a big indicator on where Odell Beckham wanted to go. Then there was a story leaked out that completely wrong. It was it was down to three teams. It was either going to be the Saints, the Chiefs, or the Packers, none of which were truly in the mix. I had maintained last week on a, a show of a friend of mine does a national show that indeed he would become a Ram, which he did. Oh. But even then... It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, where is he? Is a third option? Maybe a fourth you from option? from the beginning it was the Rams. I said it was going to be the Rams. Last Sunday night on a wow. national Good show, I guaranteed that he ultimately would be a Ram. And then when I saw the story about the Packers and the Chiefs and Saints, I didn't waver at all. I knew where he was heading. But I was still trying to figure out how this works. You got Cooper Cup, who leads the league in everything, passing uh, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. having a historic season. Robert Woods, you know, who's really a, a quality receiver. You got Van Jefferson. You got Tyler Higby as your tight end. Uh, wh- where does he exactly fit? And then almost on cue, the next day, yesterday, torn ACL for Robert Woods. So now we have the situation where suddenly they they really need Odell Beckham Jr. to come through. So we, 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 we've talked about this plenty over the last couple of weeks, Jeff, but get your thoughts again, A, about what he should expect yeah. in terms of how many receptions he will be uh, having as a Los Angeles Ram. Um, does he need to change his mentality at all, trying to fit in with a team? Now, honestly, before the injury to Woods, really didn't need another wide receiver. So the question that I was curious about when it came to which team he would choose was um, – 
is, is he going to acknowledge is he going to acknowledge um, his um, his kind of standing in football, right? Because mm-hmm. you can make the case that he thought a couple things. One is is obviously, hey, look, man, I am um, I'm a number one wide receiver. I'm going to New Orleans. I'm gonna be the number one guy in New Orleans. Or you know, I'm a two. I'll go to Kansas City, Green Bay. I'll kind of split some reps, but I have a chance to you know to, to win there and I get the opportunity. Or kind of like. I'm going to go ring chase and join an offense I like and just see how I fit in. And he went with C, which is, look, now obviously it's before Woods got hurt, but like, look, I'll fit in where I fit in. I'll accept a role as a role player on this team. And we have a chance to win. And, and maybe the winning rehabilitates my image and rehabilitates me. And and you know, I might not get a lot of, I might not get um, a lot of, uh, of catches or yards, but I'll play on a winning team and that'll look better for me in, 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 as I hit for agency. He chose that option. I actually think this is not a bad... Odell's not a bad locker room guy. That, that, that's not a problem here. Well, you you played with him, so you... you yeah, I have no you, problem with Odell. Yeah, right. The, but, but the question is, is d- does he go to the Rams with the acknowledgement that that's his role? Or does he go there thinking he's number one still? Because I don't think he'd go there thinking that. I think he goes there thinking to himself, hey... I'm there to fit in a role that Sean McVay has for me. Here, maybe McVay told him the role. Um, so I, uh, I, 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 I like it. I, I'm curious to see how it works. I'm trying to change the Rams Super Bowl odds, in my opinion. But it should be interesting for Odell kind of to rehab his image there. And he, he wants to be in L.A. He's boys with LeBron, Von Miller. So um, yeah, it should be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a good fit for him. And he obviously has to understand Cooper Cup. Look, the reason he didn't catch as many passes as maybe he thought in Cleveland is Baker Mayfield lost confidence in him. If he had confidence in him, he would have thrown him the ball more. And we'll see if Matthew Stafford's going to gain some confidence in OBJ. John Gruden is suing the NFL. John Gruden is suing the NFL. We'll have all the latest coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Gets the snap, C.J. Stroud fakes the handoff, sails that one up the left side to the end zone. Wide open is a touchdown pass. Jackson Smith in Jigba from 20 yards out. Purdue forgot about him. That is Paul Keels from Learfield. Ohio State has added more since that. 42-14, Ohio State leading Purdue with more than seven minutes to go in the first half. Pouring it on right now against a Boilermaker team that just came off their big win against previously undefeated Michigan State. Uh, C.J. Stroud, 16 of 20, 186 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 139 yards on the ground for this Ohio State team. Uh, Travion Henderson has 72 yards and just six carries. That's 12 yards a carry, a uh, couple of touchdowns. Garrett Wilson just ran 51 yards for a touchdown. So the Buckeyes. Now, here, here's what makes me nervous here, Jeff. You know, I mean, if the Buckeyes win this game, I don't know, 63 to 14 or some ridiculous score like that, you don't think the committee would dare jump a, ahead of your Oregon team, do you? Probably Oregon's going to win tonight, like twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, I wouldn't. But 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 to be fair, everyone will be sleeping when Oregon's playing. So who? No one's going to be watching them anyway. So it doesn't matter. I, Steve, we talk about this. I, I complain about it a little bit less and less because I understand that there is. Um, there has to be inventory on ESPN at at night, right? Like there's right. a spot to be had at ten thirty Eastern PM Eastern. That spot's reserved for like Washington, Arizona State, UCLA, Colorado. It's not reserved for the third team in the country, right? Third team in the country. The the Pac 12's premier team at the moment is playing at a time when everyone will be sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, we might win that game 65 to nothing. It does, or, or six to, or, or 23-21. Either way, no one's watching it. I'm not staying up to watch it. I have kids. I cannot sacrifice tomorrow. My kids are waking up at 6:30 in the morning whether I stay up till 3 a.m. to watch a football game or not. I hope that we start fast tonight. I go to bed in the first quarter, rub 14 nothing, and I just can feel, I don't think we're going to blow a 14-point lead. Uh, you know, but like, that's a, last night, UCLA Villanova, a primetime basketball game mm-hmm. featuring a historic program at UCLA. It's a very good Villanova program who just won a title a couple years ago. Pauly Pavilion is sold out. It's loud. It's wild. It's crazy. 11.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? Actually, it worked out beautifully for me, and I'll tell you why. So... Yesterday in San Diego, where I do my morning radio show, um, I got a call to do a double dip. Um, we had a, an arrangement, and I ended up doing with our buddy Rich Hornberger, who does the afternoon yeah. drive show. And uh, John Schaefer, who normally does the show with him, he was in Provo to have to fill in to do the play-by-play of the San Diego State-BYU uh, basketball game. So they asked me to double dip, and that meant I had to work till 5.30 on the West Coast, 
and then begin my journey from San Diego up to L.A. I don't have to tell you. Can you imagine the traffic on a Friday leaving Brutal. at 5.30? So amazingly, though, I actually caught some free air. And I arrived up in L.A., technically up in Westlake Village, where my house is, right at tip-off at 8.30 for this battle between UCLA and Villanova. So I watched that entire game, amazingly, um, every second of it. I watched it. was an incredible game, back and forth and everything else. And our neighbors are big UCLA people, so it was it was a raucous because they were down 10, about eight minutes to go. didn't look so good, and they came back to win. But you're right. I mean, for you – Game tips off to 11.30. Ridiculous. And you got the number two ranked team in the country and the number four ranked team in the country. Two top five teams battling an early season game and uh, certainly no on the East Coast most likely uh, actually watch that game. So, Yeah, it's wild. All right. um, so, yes. All right. I want to get to this story right now. By the way, another quick story here. Utah uh, right now, and this is of interest to Jeff, Utah is it, leading yes. Arizona. It's a good game. This is an Arizona team that finally won their first game in this decade recently. Um, Utah leading this game by a score of 31-29. to 29. Uh, What's significant there is that Utah will be hosting Oregon next Saturday. Uh, and Utah, after a couple of early losses to BYU and San Diego State, has been playing some pretty good football. So keep our eye on that game uh, the rest of the way yeah, there. The, Utah's had a, a punt blocked, and it was like it was mm. two Arizona players converged the punter at once. Um, so yeah, I mean Utah wins this game. They win the South. Oregon wins tonight. They win the North, and they play next week, and they play again in Vegas on yeah. December third. So um, next week is actually we'll talk about next week. Next week, but it's a rather interesting situation that we see often in, in the NFL where Utah's hosting Oregon. Utah has nothing to gain from winning that game. Nothing. They need to win the game in two weeks to go to the Rose Bowl. So how do they play that game? Like Oregon has to win to keep up in the playoff, but Utah doesn't have to win that game. They're playing again in two weeks. And so if you're Utah, do you just vanilla it up, throw some weird stuff at Oregon to confuse them for when you play in two or three weeks? Because that's sort of – that win is not important. It's a very NFL thing, right? It's not really, college rarely has a situations where it doesn't make sense to win a game. It makes sense to almost be ready for the next game two weeks later. Right. Well, again, in the W, that's all that really matters here. All right. I want to get to this uh, huge story that came out uh, yesterday. Uh, the fact that John Gruden and indeed is going to file a major lawsuit, 21 page lawsuit uh, against uh, Roger Goodell and the national football league. Now, I preface this by saying that there was nothing in these emails that was excusable in terms of John Gruden. Um, if anything, we now found out a, a true John Gruden, who he is. Uh, because again, it's it wasn't like some off the mark, you know, off the off color remark uh, made in a email. It was a series of emails over several years where he repeated the same language over and over and over and over again. That being said, when these emails were released, and let, let's go back to when the investigation of the Washington Football Team concluded. Um, the announcement of the penalty of $10 million flew so far under the radar, like no one even knew they had finished this investigation. Yeah. This was on July 1st, and that's significant because what are you going into? That was a Thursday, July 1st, going into the 4th of July weekend. 
So you know how this works, right? There was, there was a reason why the NFL released the fact that, all right, this is the penalty against the Washington football team. We have concluded our investigation. Nobody was talking about it because it was going directly into the 4th of July weekend by the time we got out of the weekend. No, there was no mention of it. In fact, when I actually heard the story about Gruden, I didn't even remember them concluding the investigation or the $10 million fine or any of that uh, was lost on me. But this is the thing that has always gotten to me. And, and again, imagine you are John Gruden because John Gruden has been destroyed. Now, you could say he destroyed himself, and that's fair. But he is destroyed. Now, you can say, well, he doesn't have to worry about his next meal. Okay. But when, as it stands right now, when the obituary is written on John Gruden, what do you got? Super Bowl championship? Yeah. Monday night football? Oh, that's right. Racist, homophobe, misogynist. All that's on his resume. That's on his obituary. Might be the lead of his obituary. The disgraced former Super Bowl winning coach. And he wants clarification. If you were in his position, would you not sue? At the very least, Jeff, because we've never had this answer, who leaked it and why were those specific emails leaked? Who was behind that? And I'm sure that's what his legal team wants to find out. Yes, I understand why they're suing. Um, they want to get his name back. They want to figure out, as you mentioned, why this was the only stuff that was leaked, right? Why? Why only John Gruden? What did he do to deserve this? Was there a coordinated effort between the NFL and whoever to leak these out, right? Um, and look, this will never get past discovery they'll pay john gruden and he'll be done with it. he probably wants was he fired with cause or not well he wasn't fired technically he, he resigned, resigned and so, we don't know what kind of financial yeah. arrangements or rates between gruden and the raiders remember he had a 10 year yeah. 100 million dollar deal <laughs> he just he just quit look he, he's gonna he's gonna go scorched earth because he feels he was unjustly targeted right by the nfl right. and by and so i understand him doing this he wants to have discovery he wants to figure out why this happened to him and that those are his rights afforded to him like he uh, go ahead and sue them now again the nfl is not going to risk getting anything being public so this is not going to be a thing that's going to happen uh, past you know past uh past the, you know the lawsuit and possible settlement john gruden will get some money and he'll go away but part of this too and, and you talk about your you know having your name back is because he's a football lifer man right like all he knows is football and he's probably done coaching at least in the nfl He's not going to have his quarterback camp show probably anymore. I mean, what's he going to do, right? Like, he wants Oh, his he's dead back. with the NFL. Right. I mean, so he, if he's so going to he revive his yeah. career, it will not be with the NFL. So he, so he wants, I think, some of his name back because yeah. he, it gives him opportunities to work as a broadcaster or create a company, you know, a media company or go do podcast, whatever he wants to do. It allows him the opportunity to, to do that if he gets his name back. So I understand his motivation for this. Um, and we'll let it play out, you know, in the court system. I, I don't have a. I don't know how it's going to go, man. I just know the NFL is not going through discovery, so that means that Gruden will probably get his money and and uh, and move it along, and this will be the end of, of that story. But look, it, it is um, the emails not being released is a problem. Um, I actually thought, uh, you know, when Aaron Rodgers going through his uh, his Pat McAfee interview two weeks ago now, the first one he gave, I thought the NFL would just dumped the emails like during that time because all social media was talking about Aaron Rodgers. Just, oh, guys, here's the emails. Here they are. Uh, we we found them. We're, we're, because they, they, they're not going to stay quiet forever, I don't think. Uh, and if that's 
if the John Gruden emails exist, which they do, then what else is on there, right, Steve? I can't imagine there's that's it. That's it. I have 650,000 emails. Those are the only ones that yeah. contain uh, inappropriate uh, remarks. And what comments. do you think the chances are in those 650,000 emails that Colin Kaepernick's name was mentioned even once out of 650,000 over that stretch of time during all the controversy? Do you think that even one email, because they're saying nothing was there, not one email mentioned Colin Kaepernick? Oh, I'm sure they did. Of course. There's no they way. Did. Yeah, of course they no did. Way. I mean, did, did, didn't Gruden mention Colin Kaepernick in one of the emails? Am I, am I, I, I well, you mentioned just about everybody else. <laughs> I mean, uh, all right. On the other side, I want to, a little more. The, the game tomorrow between the Raiders and the Chiefs. I mean, this is really a, an incredible matchup because you have two teams. They both have winning records. But it doesn't feel like it. Like, yeah. like both these teams seem to be going sideways and not moving forward. The latest on the silver and black, and one of the most intriguing Sunday night matchups we've had in a long, long time. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Hartman, Jeff Schwartz. 
right, we're a little dizzy around here. Iowa Sam is uh, a little dizzy. Uh, his Iowa Hawkeyes are trailing Minnesota at half time in it's been a long time since that happened. Is is that where you are, Iowa Sam, on this one? Yes, um, Iowa has not trailed Minnesota since 2016. Mm. So, uh, yeah. well, they're losing right now by a score of 13 oh. to 10. So, a season which just a few weeks back, Iowa was number two in the country. Uh, if they lose today, you can kiss that uh, top 25 ranking goodbye. Goodbye. I got a whole half to play. And yet, you, uh, you insist, Kirk Ferentz, if he wants to coach another 20 years, he'll go for it, right? He. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he oh, won't okay. do that. All right. Well, how do you know? If he's under no pressure to win, I mean. Oh, he has pressure to win. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good salary he's drawing, yeah. I would imagine. Uh-huh. Yeah, not a bad deal out there. All right. Um, I, I got to uh, I got to do a rundown for you. So t- tomorrow night, we got this uh, Sunday night matchup. Vegas gets the spotlight. Raiders hosting the Chiefs. And on the on the surface, Jeff, looks pretty good, right? I mean, the Raiders are sitting at 5-3. and three. Chiefs are at 5-4 and four in a division where everybody – halfway through the season as a winning record. So you're like, wow, all these powers in the AFC West. Far from it, believe me. It's not that kind of a division. And these two teams are going sideways. But I want to go back to the Raiders 2020 draft. I'm going to read read to you right now the status of the Raiders 2020 draft. That's last year, last year's draft. First round, Henry Ruggs released. First round, Damon Arnett released. Third round, Lynn Bowden traded before he played a snap. Third round, Brian Edwards. He has caught 29 passes in 20 games. Uh, Third round, Tanner Muse released. Never played for the Raiders. Fourth round, John Simpson. Pro football focus ranks him 53rd among guards in the NFL. And Amik Robertson has played a total of 169 defensive snaps in two years as a Raider. I mean, this, this now goes down at least right now, is the worst draft in the history of the National Football League. And yet, despite that, the Raiders are tied for first place right now in the AFC West. So the latest was the Arnett release. You know, Mike Mayock was warned about this guy when he was at Ohio State. He could be a lot of trouble. They insisted, oh, no, no, no. Once we get him, we'll change him. And then he's brandishing weapons, threatening to kill people on social media. So that was the end of Arnett. The rug situation, obviously, was a tragedy. Um, and yet they're sitting at five and three. And then on the other side, obviously, you got the Chiefs, and they're trying to find their offense right now as we're seeing a Patrick Mahomes we have never seen before during his uh, incredible, so far, NFL career. So I just want to get your thoughts. Step back on this one. And, and what, where are we with these two teams right now? Like I said, two teams that record-wise look like they're good, but they don't feel like it. Um. Well, the Raiders, I think, have survived just kind of like, you know, kind of the, I think the, the kind of the emotion of, of the John Green situation for a couple of weeks. And I thought last week, you know, the dealing emotionally with what happened with, with rugs, because, you know, we're used to, as players, we're used to firings and players being cut and released. We're not used to one of our teammates committing a, a DUI manslaughter, right? Like that's right. not something that we're used to dealing with mentally. And obviously, we heard Derek Carr talk about you know his relationship with Rugs and how he's going to treat the situation. 
And players just we're, we're not we're not prepared for that, man. We're just not. And and I think we saw some of that this past weekend, or at least last weekend in, in New York. They weren't as crisp as they had been the last couple of weeks. But look, defensively, they get a lot of pressure on early downs, which is kind of unsustainable. And their offensive line is not very good this year. Like they're just they're not as good as they were last year. Now without rugs, that deep threat you had is gone. And that's how you beat the Chiefs. To last year, early in the season, it's also how you kept close the second game, right? Was you're able to to beat them deep. You don't have that deep threat anymore. I mean, maybe Edwards is that guy, but probably not. Um, and here's the thing with the Chiefs. So their offense has not been as, as good, right? Pat Mahomes has not been as good. The running game is okay, but they don't have a dynamic back. Uh, Travis Kelsey has not been the same player. He has not looked quite the same this season as, as years past. But that last throw of the game against the Packers – Man, that could change a lot of things, right? I mean, you had a throw that Mahomes has not made all season. Rolling to his right, third and 10, finds Tyreek Hill. And one throw like that can kind of click the Chiefs back in. Their defense has played much better. They made some personnel changes. They took Sorensen out of the game, stopped running so much man coverage, went more went more cover two. Um, and are you telling me that if they kind of get back on track here, it's it's oh, it's uh, Vegas and I think Dallas, they win those two games, seven and four. Are we counting them out of the AFC still? Probably not, right? I mean, I think it can it can just like click for the Chiefs, and then boom, all of a sudden, it's the offense is back because the defense has played better, which I thought they would. There's no way they're going to play that bad all season, Steve. I mean, if the offense just kind of clicks back, no turnovers last week, uh, I, I feel pretty good for your Chiefs fan. Well, and we were talking about this before the show today. So here at Fox Sports Radio, <clears throat> they demand that each one of us make all these preseason predictions for the upcoming NFL year. And the two teams that I predicted would be in the Super Bowl this season, 2021 season, that it was going to be a rematch between Tampa and Kansas City. When I when I looked at the teams on in both conferences going into this year, I like Buffalo a little bit, but I still like, no, nah, no, I, I, I like the Chiefs. And I, I certainly didn't see any team in the NFC that surpasses a Tampa team that was returning every single player from their championship team. And things weren't looking so good, certainly on the Kansas City side. But when I look at the AFC right now, after that embarrassing performance by the Bills, Ravens getting routed by the Dolphins, I'm look, I'm like, who, who, who? Tennessee yeah. without Derrick Henry? I know they had a nice win against the Rams. Or actually, a great win against the Rams. They won five in a row, but are, are they a team I can trust without Derrick Henry? Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm not off the bandwagon yet with the Chiefs. I, I keep we every week they are two and seven against the spread this year. Two and seven. I mean, it, I, I saw one guy picking them to cover the two and a half point spread on the road against the Raiders while holding his nose. He's like, you keep saying week after week after week, okay, this is the week the Chiefs show up again. This is the week we're finally going to see Patrick Mahomes back. Um, but they've been terrible this year um, in terms of what was the preseason expectation. Um. Yeah, look, obviously, again, it's not been what they thought it would be. And I've stopped saying, like, really, honestly, thinking, like, it's, this is the week it's going to be. I'm kind of saying, like, if it's going to happen, right? If it happens, watch out. Because as you mentioned, the AFC feels wide open, right? Tennessee, I don't I don't really buy Tennessee. They, 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 they give up more yards per play on defense than they do on offense, than they, they have on offense, which is an odd stat to have for a 7-2 team. Um, you know, Buffalo offensively has had some concerns. The Ravens are so beat up now. Pittsburgh offensively, ugh. the Browns, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really trust Baker. Um, you know, the, who else? The Colts, uh, 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 you know, like it's the chiefs can, can be right back in this man. Like they, they can, they played 
six playoff teams, I think, so far. Like, they're playing a lot of good teams. They can make this happen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question they can make it happen, but until we actually see it happen, uh, we're going to have to uh, wait. It, it's It's been that kind of year in the NFL. Uh, in fact, on the other side, I want to get back to what we just saw with the Dolphins uh, beating the Ravens, uh, the way they did it, and what happened in that game that had to get you, Jeff Schwartz, very, very excited. But first, we're going to jump in early right now because there's a lot going on in the college football scene here to give us everything, every score, every single play is David Gaskin. I'm not allowed to do that. I know you're not. It'd be too long. So I, I, I raised the bar real high, and then, you know, you, you settle in and take us where you want. I could. Yeah. I could. You know the other team that you guys haven't talked about yet that's a little frustrating, at least this season, mm. in the AFC? The L.A. Chargers. Yeah, and, and they and yet they, they won ugly yeah. against the Eagles, and they have an interesting game this week at home against the uh, Vikings. Yeah, and they get Kenneth Murray back. Their linebacker has been out for a while. But, I mean, when you look at them on paper, though, offensively, I mean, think they would be up there. I mean, not Kansas City level, but they'd well, certainly well, be up seen, there with Buffalo. Well, well, we've seen inconsistencies out of Herbert. I mean, right, for yeah. three weeks there, he was the he was in the MVP is, conversation. The, the run defense is really bad. Really bad. Well, they're last in the league there. But here's here's a little stat for you in that game as you figure out. You Minnesota's lost five games this year by a combined 18 yeah. points. Last year, the Chargers lost their first five games by a combined 19 points. Wild, man. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I don't know. I, that's a tough game. The line is... What, the Chargers only two and a half, Jeff, in this game at yeah. home? I, I took the Vikings plus three in my Yeah, I mean, contest. that's, again, yeah. I like The Vikings, uh, they're not as bad as their record indicates. Attendance-wise, do you think this is 60-40, 50-50? Believe it or not, there's there are a, a lot of Vikings fans in Southern California. Oh, yeah, L.A., Orange County, San Diego, there's a boatload. <laughs> Oh, no, there's going to be a lot of purple out there. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they'll be easy to spot. But, but when they were in Carson, though, Carson was like 90%. Vikings fans a few years ago. There, look. I, I, to be fair to the Chargers, there is there are more Charger fans each year. You yeah. know, you have Justin Herbert; he's a draw. But to say so to say they're at the point where they've tipped the scales in their favor, no, they're not there yet. Not yet. No, not, yet. not even close. All right. Uh, Georgia right now, guys. They're at recess. They're taking on Tennessee. They lead 24 to 10. Stenson Bennett, 12 of 21 for 154 and a touchdown of his own. James Cook has six carries for 78 yards and a touchdown on that affair. Ohio State blowing out Purdue 45-17. Fellas are at the break. And Minnesota's beating lowly Iowa 13-10 is the uh, score. That, that, how are they ranked 20th in the nation? Mm. Hey, where is your San Diego State Aztecs? Where I, are we're they not ranked? talking about San Diego oh, State. Yeah? We're oh. talking about Iowa. They're ranked I, behind Iowa. My question Iowa, is, huh? why and how are they ranked 20th in the nation? Because they're 7-2. and two. How? What, the, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well I, like I said, they lose, they lose at home today to Minnesota. You can kiss that top 25 Man, ranking goodbye. Embarrassing. Anyways. <laughs> Um, guys, you had talked about a couple of teams earlier today, but Alabama, they cruised to an easy victory. Uh, Texas Tech, Iowa State, they're playing right now at half. Texas Tech leads Iowa State 31-14. to Oklahoma, undefeated no more. They get beaten in Waco today, 27-14. to Storming of the field. I know that uh, – well, Jeff, if that ever happened to you, are you throwing forearm shivers as you exit the field? 
So uh, the only time that really had that problem. Corvallis? Yeah, 2004. We're playing Oregon State. They beat us. We weren't any good. I don't know why they rushed the field. And I was on the <laughs> other side. I had to get from the sideline across the field to our tunnel. Yeah. And um, like I, 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 a couple students like walked up to me. I kind of put my fist up, and they walked away from me. Um, Arizona happened once. I got ru- field rushed on me. In Tucson? Yeah. In 07. We, we, we lost. Dennis got hurt that game um, in 07. Um I think I just walked up the field. I think I was already on the sideline. So um, our, our tunnel was right behind us. So that hasn't happened that often to me, no. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, guys, NFL news today. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers going tomorrow against Seattle. Robert Woods, torn ACL. He's done for the year. Damian Harris is also out for the New England Patriots. Romador Stevenson will get the bulk of the carries in that affair. That's it. All right. That's it. All right. Well, you cut it short. You could have gone on for the rest of the show. I, but wait, I mean, but I, I let the let, let the record show and reflect that nobody on this panel has yet to answer the question. Why the F is Iowa ranked 20th <laughs> in the nation? Leave him alone. All right, That's sorry. all I'm going to say right, right now. Right. Uh, leave him alone. I mean, he, he wasn't sure what time it was. He's, he's a little out of sorts. It's very difficult when his... Iowa Hawkeyes are not playing well, and he's asked to push all the buttons for I'm this good. radio show. I'm good, but now he's focused again. All right, um, I was uh, I was looking at the uh, career of one Jeff Schwartz, the NFL career of Jeff Schwartz. Uh, in your six-year, seventy-four game career in the National Football League, I found two stats. Yes, I, I found that you had a fumble recovery one in your career. I would imagine somebody you you know you've recovered one fumble. Probably on um, the sack I gave up. Right. And then you had a kickoff return for 16 yards as Correct. a rookie. Uh, <laughs> I take it you weren't the deep man on that uh, return? No. I have, I have video. I could send you the video if you would like to see. All um, right. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, no. We were playing uh, Tampa Bay, and the ball just got kind of like, like kicked to me. I was up. I was uh, not starting yet, so I was right. on special teams. And um, Instead of just falling on the ball, though, no, you the first play, ran. First play of the game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's a here's a, a, a interesting part about that. So um, I was running like as high as can be because I am obviously a professional running back. So I really right, was. Right. I, so I, did, I didn't lower my shoulders at all, just kind of running like a like a big gazelle out there, mm-hmm. fat gazelle. And um, did okay, you make so, a move? Uh, not really, but I got ran for 16 yards, got tackled by like eight people and whatnot. Okay, so I'm 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 coming off the field. I am pumped. I'm like celebrating. I'm like you know, everyone, like all the offense. I'm like yeah, Schwartz, blah, blah blah. John Fox yells at me because I didn't secure the ball with two hands. Shocking mm-hmm. that a coach yeah. said that to someone. And um, secondly, though, a player on on Tampa Bay, Clifton Smith, got knocked out trying to tackle me, and I did not know this. Like they like they boarded him up and took him off the field. I was in such euphoria from, from running the ball and everyone talking to me about about it. I didn't realize it happened after the game. My uncle texted me and said, "How's your hip feeling?" And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, yeah, you, uh, Clifton Smith, you know, he don't think he used that name. But he's like, a guy knocked himself out on trying to, like, right into the side of your hip. I was like, no, what are you talking about? No, he didn't. So I'm like, watch my 100%. Guy tried to tackle me, hit my hip, and knocked himself out. And my hip was actually sore. I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, kind of is sore. I was like, why? Yeah, <laughs> poor guy, man. I, my hip ended his season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. He also got knocked out early in the season against us wow. as well. Wow. He got he got right. it on a punt on a he was a punt returner and our guy like 
totally. I mean, he'd be suspended a week now. He hit him right in the head, like two feet off the ground, like full speed dive at his head. It was bad. But yeah, man. So 16 yards and knocked a player out. Uh, I'm sorry, Clifton. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. So as a man that played predominantly the guard position in the National Football League during your career, when you watched Robert Hunt do what he did in this game against the Ravens, and I'm I'm curious on, on both sides oh. of this because <laughs> so when I'm watching that play, first of all, as the play developed, immediately what I thought was is that it had to be a tackle eligible play. But as Hunt was running, I looked up and I realized that's not a tackle. There's no such thing as a guard eligible play uh, in the National Football League. Um, I went, it went viral. By the way, he would have been given a touchdown. Uh, they ruled that the fumble was caused by the ground. That was what the official was pointing at the ground, that the ground caused the fumble. The review of the would have shown that he reached across the goal line and clearly scored a touchdown. The problem, of course, is, is that he wasn't an eligible receiver. In fact, he essentially was shielding the running back who was behind him uh, for which the pass was attended. So... Um, now, you can all have a good laugh, obviously, with the Dolphins because they won a game. Only their second win all season long was a nice win for the Miami Dolphins. But I, I want to go into, like, with your offensive line coach as, as you're watching this um, because he ran with such conviction. It was one of those receptions where he caught the ball, turned around, and like, I am not going to be stopped. I will not be denied. He, he appeared to be the intended receiver, at least in his own mind, and I'm just trying to figure out how this happened, like, and and how this would be reviewed yeah. after by the coaches. Like, are they are they asking him like, what were you thinking, or we're laughing here, or what do you think was going through the mind of Robert Hunt when he executed what is at least so far one of the most talked about plays we've seen all season in the NFL. It's the first time an NFL offensive lineman had a physical error and a mental error and got praised for it. <laughs> um, he was supposed to be first down on the screen. Right. Calais Campbell beats him late, which is exactly the, the technique you want. He's supposed to be out on the screen. Instead, he turns around for some reason. The ball is thrown, and Miles Gaskin probably catches the ball and scores a touchdown. Like there right. was a good, there was some good blocking in front of him. So not only does Robert Hunt catch the ball, he then catches the ball and then takes off. Takes he off. Scores a touchdown. You're right. Incredible play. After he's after the, the run, he's signaling to the referees that he scored a touchdown, knowing all full well that <laughs> he has an illegal play. Miles Gaskin, the running back, and Mike Gusecki, the tight end, just stop playing because they know it's an illegal play. They're like, this is not allowed. The he fumbles the ball, right? When he doesn't fumble the ball, the ball comes out. Two offensive linemen, Drake, uh, not Drake Jackson, um, Austin Jackson, the left guard from USC, mm-hmm. dives to, to to recover the fumble. Liam Eschenberg who I believe is their left tackle right now, or right tackle, one of the two. He hits, he dives in the pile two, hits Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson looks like he's hurt on the ground. He's like laying on the ground, not moving. So two linemen dive for a ball that's not even live, essentially, on a legal play. <laughs> then Aikman and Buck were chuckling. I, you could tell they knew it was illegal, but they kind of acted for a second like it wasn't. And Aikman was just like giggling to himself because he knows it's not allowed. And it's third and six in the red zone. That's in six yard line. Like it's a been important play, the important mistake he just made. But because they won the game, yeah. you get to laugh about it, right? They had lost the game. Can't oh. laugh about that. All right. So what, game, what? What is he? Th- like you said, the thing that just I, I don't know. confused I, I, everybody I, is that, like you said, he, he turned conviction. around and like throw me the ball. 
and he got the ball and just turned around and just, no one's going to stop me. I'm going to score this touchdown. I just, <laughs> I, as a teammate, what would you say to him? Uh, Again, because you win, it's funny. Right. But if you lose, he gets crucified on the team. Like, if, he, if they lose, that's that 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 plays in the team meeting. Huge. And Brian Flores is like, this is why we can't win a game because you guys don't do what the F we're supposed to do. This is and look look at this guy right here just catches them. But now because they win, it's probably shown in the team room to laugh. Like ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, funny. I had a three yard carry in college. Dennis Dixon pitched me a ball by accident. It's supposed to go the other way. He went to my direction, mm-hmm. and I got three yard carry. And it's after the game, Chip Kelly was like, yeah, it's funny because we won. Like we had lost. It wouldn't be. A, no, I didn't fumble the ball. And there wasn't like a. I didn't take the ball from anyone else. Dennis just screwed up and threw the ball. So, it's funny after the fact. <laughs> right. they, they, like they put. They do you see they they pasted the picture on the elevator now. So when yes. you open the elevator up, it, and um, it's an extremely athletic play. He got hit, and I credit number thirty on the Ravens for going after his legs. Oh, he got hit from the bottom and then from the side too. Held onto the ball, put the ball over the end zone, over the end line, and none of it counts whatsoever. And. Again, the celebrating after the fact is the best part because he knows it's not allowed. He knows the rules. He He's does long enough. Maybe he doesn't. Like I said, uh, come hey, on, man. You, 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 if you don't, know, if you're playing guard in the NFL, you don't know well, you can't again, catch a football. If he if he reaches up by accident, like like maybe it was just a reaction. It's, it's, the ball, it's a legal touch. You, you would a, just it, drop the ball. That's what most well, you, guards you, you would should, do. You, you would just you, let it drop. You're not going to well, no, touch you, you, it, c- yeah. grab it, turn around, and run for the end zone. You would you would hit it out of. You would hit it out of the air. Right. You would do. You would just yeah. knock it down. That would be the normal reaction. Unless you just, for that moment, thought, hey, this is my time. This is my time. I don't know because, see, now what I'm thinking after a play like that, because tackle eligibles are not that uncommon in the NFL. Remember J.J. Watt? Uh, yeah, tackle eligible happens all the time. A, yeah. a, guy, a guy in Rutgers today threw uh, the left tackle caught a touchdown pass. Did, didn't we just see Minnesota? Score on a on a tackle play? I saw a big lineman score there. I don't know if that was on the defensive side, but no. But, I mean, now all of a sudden they're like, well, wait a second. Guard eligible. How do we pull this off? How do we pull this off? Uh, guard eligible, you have to have... The guard would have to be in the backfield, right? No, no. no. You could have... Um... Well, can't... Oh, well, let me ask you this. I, didn't, I don't know how this works. So if you have a guard... And he lines up off the line of scrimmage. You have to have seven guys on the no, line. It'd be the other. It'd be the other way. You would have, you would you would have to you would have to have. I think the like the right tackle off the ball. Right. And be the end man on the line of scrimmage well, off the ball, and then have the right guard be on the ball. But I think he has to report as eligible though, which kind of really. Well, you have to report him eligible, yeah. But uh, after but that, you, but point. you don't have to report a tackle eligible in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'd be hard to sneak a, a guard I think it's in. a new era for guards. I or really I mean, do. F- look, Fumbleruski can happen. Like <laughs> Fumbleruski is something that we see in the college game, and that can be a guard just picking up the ball and running with it. We saw. Uh, you remember Dean Steinkuler at Nebraska? Yeah, and, and is against, that before uh, your time? against Miami, right? Right, or, right, right. He yeah, was uh, the, he won the Outland Trophy way back in the day. That was in the in the, floor, in the Orange Bowl, right? Right, in, yeah, in the eighty three, uh, eighty three. Uh, see that yeah, great uh, big game that. out there. All right, on the other side, just I had to ask about that it's because inc- I mean, it, 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 again, I go back to this. It's the most celebrated mental error and physical error we've ever seen in NFL history. Like it is one hundred percent a double minus. Like it is a blown assignment and a double minus and a mental error. Like it's all those things combined. 
and we are giggling about it and it's it's literally in a, in a on the on the elevator of the team. <laughs> All right, uh, right now uh, Sam's doing backflips. Iowa has retaken the lead against Minnesota. He's feeling a little momentum on uh, the way to. I'm weather. totally focused here. I'm not even watching the game. I'm focused on my job. <laughs> I know that it's 2:43 Pacific time. All right. Well, on the other side, we will update you on everything, including another undefeated team in trouble. Coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Shotgun snap to Stetson Bennett. Drops back, looks back for the far corner. James Cook, he's got it! Over the shoulder, touchdown! Cook from Bennett. Look at Stetson back on the other end, pumping his fist. Wow, that that happened there. That's like how my brain's working today. Wow, Georgia Bulldogs Sports Network, Scott Howard from Learfield. Maybe I should mention his name. I don't know. <laughs> sure he's... Have you ever called play-by-play? Have you done play-by-play ever? Football? Uh, no, I, I just, I, I, I told you, as part of the UCLA broadcast team for two years, two years, 95 and 96, 95, I was the first ever radio sideline reporter, and then I got moved into the booth in 96. Um, when my buddy David Norrie left uh, to... Uh, Go on and do national college football, and I I, I did that with Chris Roberts, uh, who was yeah, a longtime voice Chris. of the Bruins. 
Uh, it was a thrill. I mean, we, can you imagine my opening game? That opening game being in the booth as the analyst was at Tennessee. This was Peyton Manning's junior year. They just had ext- uh, expanded Neyland Stadium to 106,000. Uh, Tennessee obviously won that game. And then two weeks later, I'm in the big house. Big house. Ann Arbor. UCLA Michigan was also a big Michigan win. Um I, I love doing it. I know you've done this kind of stuff, right? I mean, you've, I've only called three games before. That's it. It's it's very especially for me as as a non-player. I mean, a non-player doesn't get that opportunity very often. It was sort of an emergency situation that season. I loved every second of it. Um, we ended up, uh, of course, capped off with that insane double overtime victory against USC, the first year of the overtime roll back I in was, 1996. I, I was there, 25-yard touchdown. And uh, I was um, I was uh, in the booth. It was crazy. And, and I, in, fact, in fact, I told you the story. The week before that, this was Bob Toledo taking over for Terry Donahue, the late, great Terry Donahue, uh, as the coach that year, and the team wasn't good. And um, we had lost the week before at Arizona badly. Uh, in fact, I remember almost coming up to Coach Toledo afterwards telling him I thought certain players had sort of quit on him. As we're getting on the plane, Pete Pete Dallas, the late uh, athletic director at UCLA, came up to me and goes, I understand your wife has never seen us lose to USC. I'd taken her to the previous four years games, yeah, and they, UCLA had won all four. They won eight years in a row. And uh, he said, is she going to be at the game on Saturday? And we just had had our son. Our firstborn was less than a month old. And I told him, I said, well, we just had the baby. He goes, you're not hearing me. She's going to be at the game. <laughs> um, and she did. We had him carried him in. They won in double overtime. It was un- unbelievable. What a day. What a day. One of those proud moments as a Bruin. But, yes. My um, dad wanted to leave early. You saw down 17 points in the fourth quarter. I told him to Down stay. 17 points, down seven points, and then onside kick and USC recovered. It was over. I mean, that's it. And then USC fumbles. And Cade McNown led him to a tying touchdown. And rest was history. By the way, we got a huge upset brewing right now. Conference USA undefeated Texas San Antonio. 9-0. 5-0 in conference. Going against Southern Miss, who's 1-8. And 0-5 in the conference. And Southern Miss leading this game right now, 17 to 10. They have the ball as well inside seven minutes to go in the third quarter. So after Oklahoma's loss, San Antonio, Georgia, and Cincinnati, the only undefeated FBS schools left. There you go. Maybe maybe we can stop talking about UTSA in the playoff now. (laughs) Yes. Like this whole deal about, oh, they're undefeated. They should be in the playoff. All right, well. Why doesn't Oregon just drop out of the Pac-12 and play 12, you know, terrible teams to make the playoff? Like, it doesn't matter who you play sometimes, guys. So. Uh, they, uh, By the way, Southern Miss's running back has 123 yards rushing. You may know the name. His name is Frank Gore Jr. Frank UTSA's Gore strength of schedule Jr. is 127th. All right, leave that aside. We'll have all the latest on college football and a big NFL Sunday rundown all coming up next. Look at Stetson back on the other end. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snap comes back. Back to pass is uh, Harris. Fires to the sideline. Picked off. 30-yard line, 20-yard line. This is going to be a pick six for Southern Miss. And they take the lead 16-10. to That is a deflated Andy Everett from Learfield. He is the voice of Texas San Antonio. You heard that pick six giving Southern Miss the lead. So we're going to keep our eye on that one as UTSA. Looking to remain undefeated. Now only three undefeated teams among the FBS schools, but they are in trouble against a uh, yeah uh, against a team that came in with a record of one and eight. Well, Ohio um, State's up fifty-two seventeen now. I think they're gonna they're gonna pass Oregon. Oregon's not gonna score fifty-two. Oh, oh, I'm glad you mentioned the Oregon game because I wanted to ask you something here. All right, so fifty-two seventeen now, uh, blowing out. Still, uh, I get this ten forty-eight to go in the third quarter. It's 52 to 17 Ohio State against uh, a 19th ranked Purdue team coming off their win against Michigan State. We we're talking earlier about Heisman Trophy candidates, and I had C.J. Stroud in my top three for the first time this season. His numbers today: 23 of 29, 291 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. But you can make the argument if you have the MVP of their team this game, it's got to be Garrett Wilson. Nine catches, 110 yards, and three touchdowns. He also has one carry for 51 yards and a touchdown. He scored four touchdowns. And so, again, if I were to hand out a Heisman just based on Ohio State today, I would hand it to Garrett Wilson. He's been their best player, but everyone always is looking at the quarterback, right? So there's a prime example. So I'm going to be leaning on you this year, Jeff. Before I fill out my final ballot, you know, I'm going to lean on you. Yeah, you um, sort of pull back the curtain I, on who really I, is the best player in college football. 
I really wish there was an offensive lineman you could give this to. I mean, I think if if you give it to Tyler Lindenbaum, who is the Iowa center, I think you could you, you would not go wrong. Okay, well, we had you know Orlando Pace finished fourth in the Heisman Trophy, and that's going back to the day at Ohio State he was insane. Uh, John Hicks, and if you really want to go back, nineteen seventy three, the year John Capaletti won the Heisman Trophy, and I'll remember his very famous Heisman speech. Um, the runner up that year was John Hicks. An offensive tackle at Ohio State. Uh, and by the way, there were two other Ohio State guys that finished in the top ten. One was Archie Griffin as a sophomore. Of course, he would win back-to-back Heisman's the next two years. And Randy Gratishar, uh, who was an outstanding linebacker, probably should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But yeah, a tackle did finish as high as second in the voting for the Heisman. I mean, Panay Sewell a couple years ago would have had, had some Heisman votes as well from Oregon. Um, but there's no, I mean, like even Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon's defensive end, he has four sacks, which is not outstanding, right? But he's he has a 21% pressure rate, <laughs> he pressures the quarterback in five at one out of five times. It's incredible. Um, you know, they, they teams throw the ball uh, an average about 2.5 seconds against against Oregon. Uh, with Dylan Morris last week, Washington quarterback on average threw the ball under two seconds because that's how quickly Kayvon can win. Like, it's just it's not a year for anyone outside the box to win for those type of reasons. Well, I mean, I look at I had Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle out of Georgia, on my. I had him second second one week. I threw him out there, and there's still a lot of people that say, "Look," uh, and he doesn't have numbers. He's an interior defensive lineman. He only has like twenty something tackles, maybe a couple of sacks. He's not like a guy on the edge like Chase Young was when he finished fourth in the Heisman. And Dominican Sue was this kind of guy at, at yeah. Nebraska, where you're so dominant in the interior. Aaron Donald, the University of Pittsburgh, was that kind of player, obviously. Uh, but if Georgia runs the table, right? If they if they get to that SEC championship game and they dominate, and this guy, you know, Jordan Davis is just creating all kinds of problems for that Alabama offensive line. Maybe sneaks in on my final ballot. I, I'm open to everything at this point. It's I really a, am. A, a big body D tackle who doesn't like pancake dudes. I mean, who doesn't uh, uh, get a bunch of sacks. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I mean, I, how do you gauge? Because everyone I keep saying is the key to this Georgia defense, the historic defense this yeah. year, leading the nation in scoring defense, total defense, everything else. They're saying, why are they so good? And everyone keeps pointing to the 6'6", 340-pound monster in the middle of their defensive line. Yeah. I think you could have made the case um, for like a Drake London this year mm-hmm. had, uh, had, you, had he stayed healthy. Because um, he was, I mean, his numbers are incredible. Yeah, look, it's a, it's we talk about this every week now. It's such an odd year. No one, and maybe CJ Stroud's the winner of this. Even though I think people would be like, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know if he's the guy. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant. I had not put him in my top three. A lot of people had him in the top three for a while. I put him there today, but again, I, no knock on him. I mean, the, the kid obviously has got a lot of talent, and he's got a lot of talented players around him, but. I mean, Kenneth Walker today has only 45 yards at halftime. At halftime. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's just. Uh, although, like I mentioned, uh, Mark Ingram, the year he won the Heisman for Alabama in 2009. Remarkably, the first Alabama guy ever to win the Heisman Trophy. It never happened before. No Alabama player, all their great years, had ever had a Heisman Trophy winner until Mark Ingram. They played Auburn. He had 30, 30 yards in that game. 30 yards. Yeah. That was it. But the next week was the SEC championship game. And they were going against Tebow, you know, going for another SEC championship. And you remember that game? Alabama blew them out. Yeah. 
and he had well over 100 yards rushing. Timing was right. That was when Nebraska played Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And Colt McCoy, they, Texas won the game, finished an undefeated season, but Sue was just throwing him around like a rag doll throughout that entire game. Toby Gerhardt was in the mix at Stanford. He had a big finish to his season, 200 yards against Notre Dame. But it was one of those sort of mixed bag. And then at the end, you're like, Ingram wins. And it's like, "Eh, okay, sort of. I mean, he did back out up, though, with a big bowl game, the BCS championship game. Really looked good in that game against Texas. Uh, But that was after the vote, so. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there is a, a great, uh, a great, at least for right now, a great, a great option. Uh, UTSA has tied it, so we go to the fourth quarter right now. The Roadrunners uh, and Southern Miss tied at seventeen as UTSA is trying to maintain their undefeated record. All right. Um, we talk a lot college football today for obvious reasons. By the way, I do want to ask you uh, briefly about some of the games coming up a little bit later on, Jeff. I know we're going to get some of your picks a little bit later on. Um, Notre Dame this year yeah. uh, is sitting at 8-1, and one, and they're on the road against Virginia today. Not a bad Virginia team. They're 6-3. and three. Notre Dame is about a 7.5-point favorite on the road. I think they've won 39 straight games against unranked opponents or something along those lines. So they played well against unranked teams. Um, but we really haven't had much conversation, although the, you know, losing that home game, obviously, to Cincinnati. Uh, and Cincinnati's fate really rides yeah. on the balance of Notre Dame season because there's nothing, no one on Cincinnati's schedule that's going to enhance their standing. All they can really hang their hat on is Notre Dame. Um, we know Notre Dame hasn't had much offense this year, but what, what's been your evaluation of this fighting Irish team? They're like every team this year. They're just kind of okay. Like, not great. Good on defense, not great on defense. Offensively, just eh, blah, right? Just like, okay. Not very explosive. Don't pass the ball terribly well. Offense line's had issues this this season. But tonight, Virginia's defense is just that bad that I don't think it matters tonight. All those things about the offensive line, the pass game, the run game, it just doesn't matter because it's they're just not good. Um, so I think tonight's not a big concern. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's going to be 11-1 or 10-1. It'll be 11-1 um, just because they're virtue of their schedule and you know they just really haven't – you know, Virginia Tech wasn't as good as, as we thought they'd be. Um, you know, uh, USC wasn't as good this year. North Carolina, good win there, but North Carolina can't play any defense. They beat Wisconsin. I was at that game in Chicago. That was a more defensive game than anything else for them, right? They played good on defense that game. Beat Florida State by three. I mean, look, you, you, they're winning the games on their schedule, which is all you can ask them to do. Um, but I don't think that they're a particularly good Notre Dame team this year. By the way, I, I said something earlier I want to take back. I was talking about ACC quarterbacks, and I mentioned SMU, of course, that are in the AAC. Um, but you have a potential showdown here in the ACC championship game between Pitt and Wake Forest, and two quarterbacks that have had really good seasons. A very different look for the ACC this year. Do you like that? I mean, it's just been Clemson and everybody else. The yeah, fact that Wake and Pitt – have a chance. They control their own destiny to have a showdown in the ACC championship game. It's not like either of these teams are going to show up in the uh, playoff, obviously, but nonetheless, you have two quarterbacks. Again, who could still be? Remember, Sam Hartman had five touchdown passes and ran for two yeah. touchdowns in their loss last week, and that's not really on him. You know, I'd love to sneak a Hartman in there, but, um, you know, I had a little different look this year in the ACC. Yeah, why not? You know, a little parody doesn't really 
it doesn't hurt, but obviously for this year, the ACC just doesn't get a lot of love, right? Which is what the Pac-12 deals with all the time, right? Like, we just just not a lot of a love uh, for the ACC because of that. So, you know, a guy like Kenny Pickett, who's having a good season, maybe not getting the attention that he normally would because they're not as good, right? And so that kind of it kind of hurts the whole conference when you don't have a big dog. It really does. Um, and this is why if Oregon were to lose tonight, tomorrow, whenever it is, the Pac-12 is done being talked about, right? There's no playoff team. There's no automatic qualifier. They'd be done, you know, and that's what the ACC is in right now. The ACC is, is no longer being talked about because they don't have a big dog. But for, for, but for Pittsburgh and North Carolina Wake, it's been great for them. It's a renaissance year for them. They're getting talked about. They're getting loved on. We would not talk about Sam Hartman or, or Hal or Kenny Pickett as much if 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 DJ was playing as well at Clemson, right? It's just that simple. So um, it's good for the entire the rest of the conference just to get some love. But nationally, probably not great. But if Clemson's back next year, then it just, you know, it all goes. But also, too, like the other teams that are good in this conference right now don't feel like their lasting powers, right? Like, there's no changing of the tide. Like, Wake is not going to do this next year. North Carolina is not doing this next year. You know, Pitt not doing this next year as a new quarterback. So, it just might be a one-year thing for them. Yeah, I mean, both these teams have senior quarterbacks, speaking of Wake Forest and Pitt. And uh, Wake Forest, by the way, big game against NC State. That game's going to kick off in a little more than an hour. Wake, just a one-point favorite at home, ranked 12th. NC State comes in ranked number 16. All right. I think NC State wins that game. Really? You do? Wake's defense is that bad. Come on now. play defense. Watch, watch my Hartman, man. That Hartman. <laughs> I mean, tell you, he is capable of big things. All right, on the other side, it's our chance to do our Steve. weekly check-in with Adam Kaplan. We're going to talk all about the NFL and a big NFL Sunday with Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fake on the give to Goodson. Here's a quick uh, slant. And bouncing off defenders, Keegan Johnson. He's going to score. Touchdown. Touchdown, Iowa. Keegan Johnson. That is Gary Dolphin from Learfield. So I was Sam breathing a sigh of relief. Iowa now leading Minnesota 24-16, 11-34 to go in the fourth quarter in that Big Ten what are they, matchup. What are they playing for? Because you know the Big Ten always plays for something. Like, it's is it a barrel game? Is it a trophy game? Is it, Yeah, what the is the matchup, Minnesota-Iowa? the bronze pig, Floyd or Rosedale. The bronze pig. Bronze pig. Love it. There you go. All right, uh, let's talk a little NFL football right now. Join us, as he so graciously does, every single week. Our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Sirius XM NFL, Adam Kaplan. All right, Adam, we got lots going on right now, but uh, one thing that Jeff and I have yet to touch upon today, I want to get your thoughts of what impact, if any, will Cam Newton have, and how exactly does he fit in with Matt Rule and Joe Brady and the offense that they brought to Carolina after getting rid of Cam Newton. Yeah, so good to be with you guys. Yeah, so so what happened was, and I, I remember I was at the Combine. It was the last Combine that I was at, the last Combine the NFL had. Matt Roll was asked about Cam Newton in uh, February of 2020, and he basically said, look, he, we expect to have him. And then, of course, less than two months later, he released him. So he doesn't really know the playbook. So this is what I think will happen. This is just kind of, you know, I've actually asked this question to some people um, who have some vested interest in it uh, from around the league, who are doing some advanced work on uh, the Panthers. Do not be surprised if, if the two days of, of work that he got with the Panthers went well, that he gets on the field and as a j- just in a s- special package. It could be goal line, red zone, five-yard line, uh, because the, they believe his shoulder is great. They think he, the, the, the time off is great. He looks good. He had a very good meeting. On Thursday with ownership, the general manager, the head coach, and then uh, obviously Joe Brady now has to work with him. But I, I would not, not be surprised if he, if he actually gets in for something like that, just to give their offense some juice. They really need it. it let's not forget, folks, they, were, they look like after three weeks, now I know they didn't play anybody, but they were 3-0, and and they look really good, and they've, they've fallen on some hard times here. There's no question about it. So I, I, I am... I don't really understand this move because if you're the Panthers, you already have to pay Darnold for next season. Yep. It's like, don't, don't you just want to be yep. bad and get yourself a draft pick? Like, what's the point of bringing Cam for half a season? Like, are you trying to get goodwill back with the fans? <laughs> I just, I don't understand this move at all. Don't tell David Tepper this, Jeff, what you just said, because he would not like, want to hear that. He, he's a guy that, uh, I just, I, I know the Panthers pretty well. Um, Tepper's the guy that's looking for that franchise quarterback. But it's not Cam. You know, well, Cam is what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to win games. He's not giving up on the season. That's 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 my point. Um, we could we could debate whether it's a smart thing to do or not, but they are not giving up the season. And, and and by the way, despite their record of four and five, if you looked at the records of the other teams that are competing for a wild card, they have the best chance to get in out of all of them. 
um, of the bottom feeders for that last spot. The only thing is, though, if they tie the Eagles, the Eagles have that tiebreaker. The Eagles are horrible right now at three and six. Um, but I, I just know that they want they they've been on this quarterback track. It, it hasn't worked with Darnold. Unfortunately, at the time of the trade, they they decided to roll over his fifth year option. They wanted to show confidence in him, but uh, right now, obviously, it doesn't look good. And plus. Uh, this is just me speaking. They won't say this, but I just know the way they're thinking. If Cam plays well whenever he gets a chance to start, which should be over the next two or three games, he'll keep the job the rest of the season. That's, of course. Yeah, that, that, that should happen. Uh, now, of course, if he doesn't look good, we, we don't have that answer because he's not having a training camp or an offseason. He's got to learn this offense. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can compete in tomorrow's game. Oh, one other thing I do want to mention. So I heard you. I was listening to you guys before I came on here. If you would have told me Kenny Pickett could be a first-round pick before the season started, I would have said that you're smoking <laughs> something. But I'm telling you, I have a lot of friends in scouting. They like This kid's got a chance to do something in this draft. Um, I'm, I'm still a little bit wary of guys who have hands smaller than I have. He's got a eight-and-three-quarter hands, I think. He wears gloves if you really follow him. I, I've followed his story for uh, a while. I've been on this situation. So Pickett's, gonna, Pickett's probably going a little bit higher than I expected, but... Remember now, the underclassmen don't declare to January 15th, so we also have to see the quarterbacks that declare. Yeah, he's one of those guys that had a very nondescript career until suddenly his senior year and all of a sudden a breakout season. I don't always trust guys like that, Adam. I, I want to get your I thoughts. And like I Blake think, Bortles did. When it yeah, came out exactly. Yeah. We've seen a few of those over the years. All right, AFC. Yeah. We're halfway through the season. 11 of the 16 teams in the AFC have a winning record, and I don't think – any of us would put any of these teams in their top five power teams in the NFL right now. So when we watch the Ravens look as bad as they did against the Dolphins or the Bills losing to the Jags, there's a lot of mediocre mediocre teams here. I mean, for instance, we got this matchup between New England and Cleveland, both teams coming in at five and four. Sort it out for us right now, Adam. Halfway through the season – which AFC teams are actually good? I mean, which teams do you All say right. are seriously on the radar to ultimately get to the promised land, and that would be the Super Bowl? So I do rankings every week, right? I rank them, and here's how I have it. It's funny you say this. So I've got it. Cardinals won, best work of the NFL. Tennessee, number two. If you look at who they've beaten, you have to give them props. They're the only team to do this that they're not, they're, they've not bailed. Um, they, they, they're, they're winning well. They, they, just, they embarrassed the Rams last week. That game wasn't even close. I do have the Rams third. I have the Packers fourth. They're getting Aaron Rodgers back. I have Dallas five. I know that was a bad loss, but here's the problem. Like, you know, this is what you're talking about, the overall in the NFL. I have Tampa at six. Okay, they're coming off their bye. Baltimore, I mean, I'd love to rank Baltimore lower, but I mean, Pittsburgh, they've won four in a row. Who have they really beaten? Um, the Bills, I, 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 you mentioned the Bills. I mean, how world do you lose to the Jaguars? Ugh. They were my Super Bowl pick. I mean, I'm scratching my head right now. And then uh, the Patriots, I got to give them their props. But this is, the stra- this, is, this is the season this year. The road teams have a better record than the home teams this season. And, and the Patriots are the epitome of this. The Patriots are 1-4 and four at home. Yes, the, those Patriots. And they're 4-0 on the road. I cannot understand it, but that's their record. Well, let's talk about those Patriots and, and Mac Jones. So he yeah. did not get fined for what appeared to be twisting mm-hmm. the leg of, of Brian yep. Burns. I, I can't really tell if he twisted the leg or Burns just tried to get away and it just kind of naturally happened. What's your take on whether or not it was intentional and, and the no fines? Now everyone's talking about conspiracy again with, uh, with New England getting away with cheating. Yeah, I, I would say, Jeff, it's, it's interesting. That play, I was actually I was listening to SiriusXM. You know, we get all the games on. And the play-by-play guy was like, what? He's like, I don't understand. Like, they he couldn't understand, like, what in the world just happened. 
then I saw the replay when I came home, and it seemed sort of intentional to me. Um, you know, Brian Bird seriously could have been hurt, and he's an absolute stud. Not a lot, yeah. unless, unless you really know the league. He really fits their, that, that, that defense that uh, Phil Snow's running. Uh, I thought it was intentional. Now, it wasn't in the, the, the intent might have been different than other than, as uh, Mike Pereira used to tell me when I would ask him when I, uh, about this, and Dean Blind did him too, you can never legislate, legislate intent of, of something like that. You just have to go by what, what you see. Um, I thought there should have been a little bit, a little bit more scoring for this thing because he really, if you watch the video, he really could have been hurt. And um, I know the, pa- the uh, Panthers aren't thrilled about this, but is what it is, and thankfully Burns is going to be okay. And actually, he has. He actually worked late this week. He has a chance to play tomorrow. All right. This sounds like a broken record here, uh, Adam, but uh, Patrick Mahomes has had a passer rating of below 75 in four of the last five games. And it seems like every week we ask the question, is this the week he's going mm-hmm. to finally reemerge as the Patrick Mahomes we have seen throughout his NFL career. Uh, strange matchup. Jeff and I talked about this, Adam. You have two teams that look on the surface like the records are okay, and yet you don't feel like either team's playing all that well. They seem to be both going in sideways directions instead of up. Uh, yeah. What do you make up of this uh, Sunday night battle? And I'll ask it again. Is this the game we finally see Mahomes reemerge? The, the good thing about Mahomes last week, and I know the numbers are bad, and he only four touchdown passes in his last four games, worst stretch of his career. What I did like is he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, mechanically, he was a little bit better. But, man, and he said it after the game. And this, is, this, this quote bothered me. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll just, I'll, just tr- I'll just give you the gist of it. He talked about why Kelsey was wide open for a pass uh, within 15 yards, and he didn't make it. And he explained why that you know, teams are playing too deep coverage on him. He's like, we just can't check the ball down. We have to challenge the defense. And you know, Tyreek Hill had a very rough game. Um, he only had 37 yards on 11 targets. Teams are playing them differently now. They're saying, you're not going to get the ball downfield against us. So Mahomes said, listen, we, we have to try it. But the problem is, you know, Kelsey, you know, Kelsey did score in that game, but his numbers are down. You've got to take what's there. And this, this has been the troubling problem, I was told, since week two. Mahomes just, is, just has this mind of his own. These great passers, and Josh Allen's like that. And part of it, you saw Josh, Josh Allen last week. These guys like Mahomes just think they can make every pass and forget the first progression, forget the second progression, I'm going to go with number three, and that's what's been happening. Uh, last for me, so Aaron Rodgers is back, obviously, and, and yep. so is Russell Wilson. He is back um, for Seattle. There were reports that he's throwing the ball, launching the ball in practice and ready to go. Um, okay. how, how good do you think he is coming back uh, from the injury to play Green Bay, a big game for NFC uh, seedings? You know what's interesting, Jeff? He did say it's not quite 100%. He was hopeful that it would be 100% uh, when they get to game day tomorrow. Oh, that's a late game at 425 Eastern. See, they knew when the surgery was done, it was going to be far, he was going to be, he had a chance to come back two weeks early, and that's what happened. And he threw the ball. He threw the, I know for a fact he threw the ball very well. But until you start opening up in, in a game, Jeff, as you know from being a former player, you don't really know. And in those conditions, and by the way, he cannot get hit in practice. You're not allowed to hit the quarterback. I'll be very interested to see if, if he takes any contact on that surgically repaired middle finger, what happens there. And they got D. If you're a Seahawks fan or you're just going to watch the game tomorrow, D. Eskridge, they love him. There's a second round pick. Well, unfortunately, he'd been out since week one with a concussion. He's back. Uh, they're, they're hopeful that he could contribute because he's a guy that they really think a whole lot of. And don't forget on the Seahawks, I know the record looks bad at three and five. 
their defense really started playing well the last two games before the bye. So with the Packers situations there, and we'll see how sharp Rodgers is without really practicing for two weeks. Um, this is so unprecedented. That, you know, got a, a quarterback doesn't practice for two weeks and he plays. So other than the late Steve McNair, who would do it quite often, I'm very interested to see how his time is going to be tomorrow against the Seahawks. All right. I, I can't let him go without asking him this one last question, though, sure. here. Yeah. I Mike, love these last Mike White uh, feels, in retrospect, <laughs> yeah. he should have been the number one overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft. <laughs> Did you think along those lines no. going into that draft? No. I'm going to tell you a story. So I was at training camp uh, with the Jets for two days. Mm-hmm. I, I, he looked awful the time I was there, and I have some friends who were beat writers to cover the Jets. They said he had no business making the team. He was terrible all camp. So I was talking to one of the one of the someone high up in the Jets front office about two weeks ago. It was after the Jet, It was after he played well. I said, "Wow, where did this come from? I thought he had a bad training camp." He goes, "You know, our media says that, but that's not the way they don't have access to our information." I'm like, "Okay," and he said, "Look, we we like his his um, his moxie, his toughness. He's a better athlete than he's been given, you know, been given for." And if if nothing else with Mike White, and and if he does this, now it's going to be a tough matchup tomorrow against the Bills. But if he plays well again, they found their future backup. That's what the, that's the best part about this. Not that you want Zach Wilson to get hurt, but they did find out that this kid is a little bit better than people thought. And you know, by the way, that Colts game, those first two series before he hurt his finger, he looked really good. That which was surprising. I, I want to sneak in one more very quickly. Like, Do it. This is uh, from from Thursday night. So sure, um, the Dolphins started Jacoby Brissett. But Tua was dressed, but not healthy enough to play, yet he was able to come in the game and play and played okay, and then looked like Brissett was benched. Do Dolphins know what they're doing? No. (laughs) It's funny, Jeff, you bring this up. So it's a well-known fact for anyone who covers the team that they've had sort of like – they have these dual coordinators. Um, George Godsey's really the coordinator. He calls the plays, but he didn't. There was a local report that Charlie Fry called the plays earlier this season. He was their quarterback's coach. Brian Flores is a pretty good coach, but he's completely butchered their offensive situation. Their offensive line's been a disaster. I talked to someone privately before the season who uh, who's pretty plugged in there, and they were gushing about their offensive line. Well, it hasn't been. They have the NFL's worst run they, game, about 75 dra- yards. They, they've it's spent terrible. the resources on the, on the offensive line. They're just not coaching them up. It's not good. Up. It's not good. Yeah. No, it's not yeah. good. And, you know, they... I had a report back last March that said the Dolphins are going to do some significant quarterback, and I got slammed for it. This is before this before we even knew about the legal situation with Watson. Well, Watson was the guy that they wanted, and they're going to do something significant next year quarterback. Even if it's not Watson, it's going to be, they're they'll never come out and say this. But Tua clearly they've already admitted by that their pursuit of Watson, he's not the guy. And they kind of knew this early on. If you watch them, tell me what you see that's special. I see nothing special about Tua. Well, I, I got news for you guys. Uh, the Dolphins are not alone as far as teams that have no idea what they're doing. There's, <laughs> there's a number of NFL teams uh, that we could say that about right now. Adam, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as look who's back, although uh, he was all ready to – Hammer Iowa Sam about the Hawkeyes going down in defeat, but uh, not happening right now, David Gascon. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I thought we had a pretty good relationship, you uh, and I. Oh! Just as he says that. Touchdown, <laughs> Minnesota! <laughs> right on cue! Oh, oh, oh. They're a two-point your... conversion oh. away from tying it There's up. a flag. a flag on the play. <sighs> Let's see what's going on here. Mm. It's going to be like a soccer player start taking my shirt off and running around the studio. Yeah. 
singing ole, ole, ole. I think Iowa Sam just threw that flag from here. That's where it came from. It's unbelievable. Look at the Minnesota guy. Where's the flag? Is that PJ Fleck? Yeah, yeah. Where's that flag coming from? Is from he... some studio, Fox Sports Radio studio. <laughs> is he one of the best-dressed college football coaches in the he, nation? He's one of the best. Absolutely is. Yeah. Touchdown. Oh, touchdown! Yeah. All right. Yeah. Iowa! <laughs> wow. Two-point conversion away yeah. from tying it up. Um, guys, Georgia's all good. Their offense is a little sputtery to start, but uh, they've scored uh, 20 straight here, second third quarter, leading Tennessee 27-10. to 10. Ohio State... <laughs> Is lighting up Purdue 52 to 31 as the score. And this game's now into the fourth quarter. As you guys mentioned, Iowa and Minnesota. Minnesota just scored. They're looking for a, a two point conversion to tie it. There's 528 to play in regulation. A couple of the games earlier today, as Alabama had won, Oklahoma got upset in Waco by Baylor 27 to 14. Caleb Williams had two INTs in that ball game. NFL news today, Julio Jones placed an IR by the Tennessee Titans. Aaron Rodgers returning tomorrow. Robert Woods torn ACL. Damon Harris is out for the New England Patriots. Steve, uh, today's a special anniversary for many, not only young young people, Mm -hmm. but also plenty of older men today. Um, Theatrical, but yet gaming-related. Um, 1995 what? on this date, 1995. Yeah, Pierce Bronson put on the tuxedo, and mm. the release of Goldeneye came out today. Wow! Now his uh, debut as James Bond. That's right. That's right. And that led to mm. the probably, arguably, one of the greatest video games of of all time, Goldeneye on Nintendo 64, mm. which Ooh, led to nice. all the third player shooting and first yes. player shooting games. Oh, but yeah. Goldeneye, if you had ever played that game, love it. It was either you played as Mayday Odd or mm-hmm. as Odd Job. Odd yeah. Job, yeah, Odd Job. That <laughs> and and that was it, man. But uh, yeah, he Chris had that Bronson, hat, man. Sean that thing Bean. was lethal, man. He could, sh- and he was short, so you could yeah. not hit him in that game. Yeah. So wow. mm. great movie, and uh, yeah, happy anniversary. Did you see the latest Bond movie? I have not seen it I yet. I did see it. The Chief and, uh, saw it. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it. It was a different type of Bond movie. That's all I'll say. Was it a proper send-off for Daniel Craig? He was fabulous in this movie. I know that no Bond actor, I mean, songs obviously have been nominated. No Bond actor has ever been nominated for an Academy Award for a Bond movie. I mean, yeah. Connery won, obviously, for Untouchables. Yeah. But um, Daniel Craig was really good in this movie. Like there was a, a wide emotional span, a little more so than a normal Bond movie. Let's put it that way. I, I do like the dynamics because you go from yeah. Sean Connery to Moore mm-hmm. to George Lazenby yes. to Timothy Dalton yep. to Pierce Bronson. Look at you, Daniel just Craig. rattle them all off. It's good, man. Yeah, but he was really good in this movie. All right, really good. I'm I'm happy to hear that because although some people complain, his girlfriend in this movie. Uh, appear to be his daughter you know what but he is james bond that's right yeah what license to kill i know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> gotta get out yeah, of yeah, here you gotta go <laughs> like that all right well uh thank you very much uh mr gascon david gascon always oh, doing a great job out there um i i want to follow up uh from our conversation uh jeff uh, Adam, uh, with Adam Kaplan here, um, talking about Cam Newton. Yeah. Uh, because it was obvious from the day that Matt Rule and Joe Brady took over uh, to run the offense for Carolina that Cam Newton did not fit. And that's why they got rid of him. Um, 
he just wasn't the right guy to run that offense. And now they bring him back. Uh, are they going to try to do what New England did and redesign their entire offense to fit the skill set of Cam Newton? I know Joe Brady is talking about, hey, we're going to throw everything out there immediately, but there's a reason why they said no to Cam Newton uh, when yeah. they took over the Carolina Panthers. Oh, totally. So my favorite part about this, by the way, is uh, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, mm-hmm. is currently paying Cam's replacement, the replacement for Cam's replacement, and Cam to replace the replacement for his own replacement. <laughs> right. um, it, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I understand um, that um, you're trying to win now, and, and you're in a position where you know you might be able to get a wild card spot, and you might be able to so you're not winning the South most likely, but like uh, the problem is you've already compromised your quarterback position for the future. And unless you're going to roll with Sam Darnold next season, you kind of want to just be bad this year and, and just hope that you get a higher draft pick to draft a quarterback this year, I think. Um, but it might not be time to do that because again, you're still in the running for the division. I mean, for a wild card spot, but PJ Walker is supposed to be your backup. I, I don't really, this just feels like a, like a desperation play for for the team. Like it just feels like they're trying to do everything, anything they can to salvage a season when you really your over under was like seven this year. Like you weren't supposed to win. So I I don't really I don't quite honestly get this move. I don't understand it. Yeah, it just it just I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's a reason why they got rid of him in the first place, to go back to him no matter what the situation. By the way, Ohio State, what's the line on this game against Purdue? What was the line on this game? 24, I think. 24. It suddenly was 52-31. to And now Ohio State just scored again to make it 59-31 as C.J. Stroud just threw his fifth touchdown pass of the day. Um, so uh, they're playing with that line a little bit right now, uh, but now it's 59-31, Ohio State leading Purdue. And by the way, UTSA trailing at one point seventeen to ten to lowly Southern Miss is now leading that game twenty-seven to seventeen. So it looks at uh, at least for one more week, UTSA will survive and maintain their undefeated record along with Georgia. And Cincinnati now as the only undefeated schools at the FBS level. On the other side, you know what Jeff's got? He's got his picks for games later today on the college football season. And yes, you know he's got his NFL Sunday best coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Shotgun snap to Peyton Thorne. Fires goal line. Catches made. Jaden Reed. Touchdown, MSU. That is Spartans Radio Network, Michigan State leading Maryland now 34-21, coming toward the end of the third quarter there. Kenneth Walker the third, by the way, up to 96 yards rushing on 24 carries. He has a touchdown in this game, so the Sparties uh, leading that game by 13 right now. I want to thank the crew today. Iowa Sam uh, survived at least uh, so far. Minnesota failed on their two-point conversion, so Iowa still leads this game 24-22. to It's tense, though. It's very tense. It's very tense. Uh, David Gascon, who is praying that somehow Minnesota comes away with the victory here, uh, he is uh, jumping up and down. Anything positive right now going against Iowa. And look at Danny. Look at Danny. Danny's now settled in big time as the producer of this fine program. Danny, you feeling it now? I feel like a total part of this team. Are you feeling it? Yeah, I'm loving Saturdays here. One small complaint, though. Yeah. The vending machine spit out a warm Mountain Dew. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, and that, that vending machine's loaded. I, yeah, I've never had a problem with that vending Man, machine. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do that, and by the way, Good if you luck. need any backing, we will all back you on that one, Danny. All right, uh, let's get to some of these games now, Jeff. By the way, I want you to know this. You know that as being a, a prognosticator, I'm miserable. Uh, but on Thursday, I took the Dolphins to the under. I actually did that. Everybody took the Ravens minus seven and a half. I took the Dolphins plus seven and a half, under 46 and a half, and uh, came away a double winner. So uh, one of the few times I could brag about my pick. Um, all right, let's start with tonight. Any any games later on today on the college football scene that have sparked your attention? So Oregon has covered one of their last ten at home as a favorite. Wow. They have yet to cover a game at home this season. Uh, they've all been favorites. Uh, now, we failed to cover about half a point twice, so it's not like 
It's, That's still it's, a fail. It's, it's still a fail. So, and Washington State has covered seven in a row, and they've covered, hmm. I think, like, throughout last year, because it was a weird year, we scored late in that game. I think we've covered, I think Washington's covered like eight or six or seven, eight in a row against Oregon, too. I'm looking uh, at 13 right now. Mike Leach, it came down. Interesting. Mike Leach um, won like six years in a row against us. It was wild. Right. Um so I would take Washington State uh, tonight. I uh, I took Washington plus six at home against Arizona State. Um, fairly certain their coach is going to get fired, but Arizona State has been bad on the road this year. It's a cold game. It's supposed to rain the second half. Like I just don't like Arizona State in this matchup. Um, I like Old Miss to beat to beat A and M tonight. You just take them money mm-hmm. line. It's a pointer. A and M is actually a slight favorite on the road. Okay, well, game, I, yeah. I like Old Miss to win that game. Yeah. Um, and then tomorrow tomorrow's slate is really really bad. Um, I like I like the Colts to cover against Jacksonville. Um, in uh, if you're a double digit dog and you win, and you're a double digit dog the next week, you're one and seven against the spread the last eight matchups, which is Jacksonville again, right? They're a double digit dog and a double digit dog again. Uh, and the Colts are just better than Jacksonville in the trenches and all that. They had their big win nine six. I, I go to the Colts. I don't like betting on Wentz. I took the Chargers plus three against the, the uh, excuse me the Vikings plus three in Los Angeles. Um, Chargers can't stop the run. Like it's not. Like I just. I don't really. I, Cousins is not half bad. I, I, I'll take the Vikings plus the three. Um, what else did I take? I mean, the, 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 the thing's so bad tomorrow. I did a. a well, Pittsburgh I'll take a game I just teaser. absolutely love tomorrow, and that's the Cardinals at home against the Panthers. I mean. It's a, we're we're going to have number. an alliance of American. P.J. Walker is going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers. I don't know if Cam's going to come in, but I don't think he's going to have much number. effect. Yeah. Uh, the big number is 10 at home. Oh, um, I took Dallas, I think, minus 9, too, at home against uh, Atlanta. Um, but there's a good teaser, like a Dallas-Pittsburgh teaser would be pretty good. Because Pittsburgh, look, Jared Goff has yet to win a single game as a quarterback without Sean McVay. Yes, he's 0-15. 0-15. They're on the road at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh might not be able to score very often and might be painful to watch your games play. But, yeah, they um, – they, uh, they, I don't, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to lose that game. What, what do you think we're going to see a battle of right. the uh, returning quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? What's going to happen there? Yeah, this line was like five. Seattle was getting five points. Before. I see uh, three and it's a half three, now. It's three now. Yeah, it's coming down. I don't know because Wilson's back from injury. Rodgers back from this weird COVID thing. Like, I, I wouldn't touch this game. Would you uh, take the Raiders at home against the Chiefs as no. a two and a half point dog? No. Why? I mean, home dogs on primetime games. We just saw it on Thursday night. Home dogs. They're only getting two Thursday and a half. night, like Sunday a, night, yeah, Monday was, night are getting, usually money in the bank. Miami was getting like eight and a half or nine and a half in that game. Um, right. This is two and a half. So Chiefs. Right. I mean, Chiefs win by a field goal. Would that surprise you? No, it you're basically, you're basically it wouldn't wagering surprise on the Raiders. me. But I you're just, basically you're basically wagering on the Raiders to win the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, at that point. Um, so yeah, I uh, are you all I, in on the Broncos after their demolition no. of the Cowboys? They're hosting the Eagles, right? Yeah, no point and a half point favorite at home. No, <laughs> after blowing out Dallas, what, what was that? Where did that shock you last week watching? Because uh, Rich and I were doing the show. It's thirty nothing Broncos. Yeah, I, look, it was just thirty kinda, to nothing. You just kind of have stinkers sometimes. Really? Dak was, that yeah, was Dak. more than a stinker. Dak was off. Um, Dak was off. His he injury. was oh, eight of twenty-three at I, one point in that game. I like. I like uh, New England to win and mm-hmm. cover uh, in in uh, in uh, at home against Cleveland. I mean, I get, I get, I get, I get Bill Belichick against uh, mm-hmm. against Baker Mayfield. Pl- yeah. Sign me up for that, please. And if Mike White beats the Bills as a thirteen-point, well, I know you don't think it, but if he does it, 
Is he the new phenomenon in this league? 100% yes. Okay, so you're confident it won't happen, so you can easily say, oh, absolutely, if it happens. It's going to start the Zach Wilson conversation for four years. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be fun for Zach Wilson. Uh, Monday night, what do you think? Rams at 49ers. Uh, The the Rams are just, you know, I mean, the Niners are dead. Did you see the Rams against the Titans? Did you see I that did. game? I did, yeah. They looked um, awful. Stafford looked like Carson Wentz. Um, uh, what was that? What was that first was interception? What was that? Bad. What was bad. that? All right. And we know one thing about the NFL. There's no way to predict it. Jeff, great stuff as always. For all your information, football-wise, just keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.